participation. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling Pronco 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Obviously, it's UFC 300 week in Las Vegas. Friday, also in Las Vegas, it's the second PFL event of the season. Had a great start on Thursday. Uh, Dakota Cheva with a solid win. You had Moldovsky on there. You had a bunch of... Uh, former Bellator fighters Liz Carmouche getting a win as well in her PFL debut. And so I want to let you know that the PFL is back on April 12th with the lightweights and light heavyweights throwing it down. Last week it was the women's flyweights and the heavyweights. You've got names like Impa Kasangane, who of course uh, won the 2023 light heavyweight tournament. You also have Clay Collard and Bellator, former champ, one Patricky Pitbull is uh, is going to be on the card against Clay Collard. So if you're in Vegas for 300, go check him out. If you're at home, check him out over on ESPN2 and ESPN+. Uh, Plus. That is Friday, April 12th, live at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with... No! Mixed Martial Arts Hour is back in your life on this Wednesday, October 25th, 2023. Hello again, everyone. I sure hope you're doing well. It is so great to be here on a lovely, beautiful, warm Wednesday afternoon in New York City. My friends, usually at the top of the show, I like to dilly-dally. I like to speak of things. I like to talk about things. I like to, you know, maybe shoot the breeze with Frank. There is no time to waste, my friends. There's no time to waste. I woke up today at around, oh, 6.30, as I usually do, and I got a message from my good friend, Abby Suban. And he said to me, oh, wow, Tom Aspinall in New York. And I thought he was talking about Tom Aspinall in studio. And then I went on Twitter and I was like, wait a second, Tom Aspinall in New York. What is going on? And yes, I was fast asleep when the news broke last night that Tommy Aspinall, our very own. Is going to be fighting in Madison Square Garden. 
He is going to be fighting against Sergei Pavlovich in an interim heavyweight title fight. I have many thoughts on this. Uh, the big news, of course, John Jones not fighting, injured his pec, will have surgery soon, out approximately eight months, no Stipe Miocic. So much to dissect, so much to discuss as it pertains to this news, and trust me, on today's program, we will do so. Actually, a very heavyweight-like slant to today's program, and that was before the news broke. So it's great when news breaks either on a Tuesday or a Wednesday morning, because now we can talk about it in a very fresh and uh, clear-headed fashion. So I can't wait for that. As always, we are presented by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the official sports betting partner of not only this program, but the UFC as well. Please download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. Put in the code, the MMA hour, if you're a first-time user, they hook you up. Okay, back into the show. The Parlay boys will make their picks for this weekend. Uh, Not a ton going on, but of course, there is the big Francis Ngannou versus Tyson Fury fight. The battle of the baddest this weekend, Riyadh. ESPN Plus pay-per-view in America, TNT Sports box office over in the UK. Uh, Prior to that, I'll answer your questions. On the nose, I'm sure a lot of them will pertain to New York City. I feel for the people who bought tickets who feel like they maybe aren't getting what they paid for. There's so many different levels to all of this. Uh, I can't wait to get into all of it. So stay tuned for that. Prior to that, uh, we are going to be joined by the aforementioned Tommy Aspinall. Aspinall. Tommy Aspinall, who in about 17 days' time is going to be fighting for the interim heavyweight title. Why interim? I have some thoughts on that as well. I think that's uh, that's not the right call, and I would like to talk about that. Anyway, Tom Aspinall is going to join us at 3 o'clock at 2.30. Mike Breeden, who had the big win, the uh, the nice comeback win on Saturday in Abu Dhabi at UFC 294. Great character. He'll join us. At around 2.30 at 2 o'clock, Charles Dubronx Oliveira is going to join us to talk about why he had to pull out of UFC 294. This time, no Luciana as translator. We've got the legendary Fabiano, yes, of UFC television fame. He's going to join us to translate. That's very exciting. I'm looking forward to having him on the show and, of course, talking to Charles. 2.30, excuse me, 1.30, Tyson Fury, the Gypsy King, all the way from Saudi Arabia, will join us to talk about the Francis Ngannou fight. Stay tuned for that! And if all that isn't enough, let's kick things off with our old friend, the Demolition Man, the Ream, the former Strike Force heavyweight champion, the former Dream heavyweight champion, the man who has uh, certainly had a legendary career, K1 World Grand Prix champion, I mean so much, but recently called it a career, said goodbye, and so we had to speak about all of that and more with him. He is kind enough to join us. Without further ado, let us say hello to our old friend, the Reem. Alistair, how are you? Always amazing, and it's good to see you again, Ariel. It is great to see you. Thank you for doing this. I appreciate it very much. Okay, first things first. Congratulations on an incredible career. Why are you saying goodbye now? Why is this time the right time to call it a career? Um, 25 years. I've been training for 30 years, but my competition years were 25 years. And basically, my body uh, spoke to me. My body didn't want to do that anymore. Wow. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that came in the form of um, after the butter fight, because, of course, I had in my mind the Rico fight. But then, uh, yeah, body didn't want to do that anymore. So, you, you've, you've, yeah, energy not there, some injuries, nagging injuries. I would do what I usually did, the physical therapy, but... It would work out for two, three days, then I would train again, and then boom. Okay. Yeah. 
when did you come to that realization? When, when did it actually hit you that the body just can't take it anymore? I think like March-ish. Oh, wow. March, like, you know what? I'm done with this. And then no more problems with injuries. So it's kind of interesting how that works. Mm-hmm. So March, I mean, it's October. Why, why wait so long to announce it? Uh, because I initially had, okay, if I can uh, keep my body right for six months, um, then I might still be able to fight, right? We're kind of stuck to our patterns. Mm-hmm. We want to keep doing what we're doing, even though that might not always be in our best interest. Okay. And uh, when you made it public, what was that like? What did that feel like? Um, I actually didn't. I, I still need to kind of post on social media, but I'm <laughs> really not much on social media. But, um, yeah, already my decision was in March, right? Okay. In March already knew for myself, yeah, I'm fed up of this. Wait, so I... It's, you know, when you get injured, it's also a lot of hurt. It's agony. You're pushing it, pushing it again. And let's not forget, I've been doing this for 30 years. Yeah, it's no. It's been 30 years of, um, you know, how I like to describe it now, stress to fights, extreme stress to training camp stress. Back to back, always training, always doing it. Yeah, always stress. So now, and actually, the last year, because the bottle fight was a year ago, my 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 body actually was allowed to relax, and it came in just in a whole different state. So now I'm calm. I'm out of the stress, and I kind of like it. Yeah. I'm like, why would you go stress? <laughs> no, I I don't blame no. you. I I saw a post though. That's when I reached out to you. Did you not post that? Like when you said I'm officially announcing my retirement and all yeah, that. I, I, I did, and then my wife didn't like the picture, and then we needed to do it again. So, yeah, you know how that goes. But um, I'm still going to post it officially. Nice, nice. Okay, but you are, nice- you are officially retired? Yes. Okay. And, you know, in, fight, in the fight world, you know this. People retire, they come back. Can you foresee any scenario where you ever fight again, or do you think that it's definitive you are never going to fight again? It's uh, over, Errol. I'm, I'm also not interested in fighting anymore. Okay. All right. I've had my change. Uh, it's now a whole different um, uh, goals for different things. I work on this, um, a couple of very interesting uh, projects. And yeah, that's captured my attention. And and then there's just, it's kind of interesting how that that, that kind of fell into play. And yeah, new goals. So there's no interest also in, uh, yeah. I like to train. I like to stay in shape. I mean, I can still fight, right? I like to teach a little. Right. It's not going to be the main thing, but I like to kind of uh, pass all knowledge that I have to to next generations. But uh, yeah, no interest in fighting. Okay, and obviously I'm going to ask you about those uh, projects, but I'm just curious, like when the news got out there, were you sad about it, or are you so completely ready to move on with your life that there was no, you know, real emotion reflection on everything that you've accomplished? What was the news? The news of me. The news of uh, you. Yeah, yeah. I was a little bit sad. You know, end of an era. Well, no, 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 absolutely not. Absolutely not sad. Uh, it was just a realization. It was just a realization that I had to go through to to advance to the next stage, right? Because there was always going to come an end to my fighting career. If it, there was now, it might have been in after the next fight or maybe two more, but not any long after. I've been also um, occupied with my life after fighting for a very long time. I've studied a lot of other athletes, what they're doing, how does that go? Um, yeah, and I and I kind of mentally prepared myself also for the moment. Okay. Um, I had seen some photos of you where it seemed like you had lost a lot of weight, but you never know with photos what's real or not. I'm looking at you now, and it does seem like you've lost a lot of weight. Is that accurate? And if so, how much weight have you lost? 
Uh, I'm like 220 now. What is it? The uh, 210, 200. No, not 200. I'm like 210, 220. Okay. Uh, yeah. If you're not going to fight, why would you uh, walk? I mean, I still look good. Yeah. <laughs> still have six pack. Nice. I'm still strong. I can still kick ass. But yeah, why would I have another, what is it, um, 20, 30 pounds of weight? Because then you have to eat and you have to lift heavy. You have to do the things to maintain. And, um, you know, once once I made the decision, it's done. All everything becomes longevity. I want to have. Um, what single one is this? Yeah, I want to have longevity, and that that's some of the things, some of the projects that I'm working with in the, for the future is long longevity programs. What what you know, and then obviously a lot of fighters have injuries. I've done a great job in um, um, always recovering from the injuries and maintenance. And I'm very happy I did that because now I actually have a second second life, basically. Mm-hmm. I can, I'm loose, everything is working, uh, brain working. So, yeah. It's probably been well over a decade since you were this light, though, right? Uh, light heavyweight was the last time in, because I'm basically light heavyweight now. That yeah. was, when was that? <laughs> when was that, 2007? Seven, yeah. I was going to say, eight, eight, 2007, eight, 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 crazy. Eight, um, is it true? I had also read. Are are you now a vegan or plant based diet? No more meat. Um, yes, I've switched my diet around uh, extensively. So um, I'm still researching a little bit. You know, I've had all these nutritionists, right? Twenty five um, different ones. So I'm kind of a nutritionist myself. But for me, I'm I'm still in search of hey, what what is optimally for the body. Raw vegan diet is a very healthy diet. It's a very uh, beneficial diet. If you, if 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 a person would would try it for a year, they will also really appreciate, it. and they'll appreciate all other um, healthy alternatives as well. Because only then you'll find out what the benefits are. Okay. Um, it's not a okay. I'm going to do it once. Hey, it doesn't taste good. Now you have to do it for a while for your body to make adaptions. And then you're gonna you're, you're you're gonna find it. Even Rashad Evans switched to raw vegan diet, and then he found there was a lot of less inflammation in his body because what you eat, eating is inflammating, is inflammation. But certain foods inflame less or not. And once you switch to those foods, actually the foods that we are designed for, yeah, your whole system will run better mm. and recover. How long have you been doing that? Uh, I would say it started a year ago. And uh, there has been some chicken here and there, but but in general, I stay away from meat. Yes, it's wow. rubbing that. The 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 yeah. wild the wild thing about this is, as, and as I've talked to you in the past, like one of my favorite videos in the history of MMA is you in your kitchen eating the horse meat, and that was so yeah. tied to your career. And now to, the the idea of Alistair Overeem being on a raw vegan diet is quite the uh, is quite the uh, the arc in yeah. your life. Yeah. I think I think um, describe me as a martial artist, a martial artist who's always learning, and mm-hmm. uh, you know the the fighting was just a small piece, but I'm always learning, and I always continue to learn. And once people figure that out, hey, I have my health in my own hands. Uh, if I eat the wrong stuff, and if you're doing that for 20, 30 years, you're gonna get sick. Then people's attitudes will change to what they eat. But still, general public uh, doesn't see this, in my opinion, not yet. Because when people understand that, then yeah, it'll change. Do you regret? I understand. Do you regret eating so much meat in your career? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. It, it's all about uh, knowing, right? Right. 
in, you, you, like what I did in my 30 years of training and competing and everything, I did the best I could for the time I knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the right way to put it. But as time goes on, you learn new stuff. And I'm also uh, trying a lot of stuff with my own body, what is working, what is not working. And then, yeah, planning according. Uh, are you also into politics now? I did indeed uh, join a political party in the Netherlands. Okay. Because, um, yeah, there's, there's, there's certain things that uh, I believe are not right right now, also in America, by the way. But of course, uh, Holland is home, right? right yeah. I, 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 I here, my daughters are here. Um, yeah, and um, I don't agree with that. And instead of complaining, I uh, got asked to join the party. I have affinity with the with the party leader, Wiebren van Hagen. I think he's a good man. I stand behind the, the party policies. It's it's just about restoring the Netherlands, restoring it to, to better, right? Because the way it's going over here is not, you know, some people wouldn't see it, but I think there's a lot of problems. Inflation is one. Uh, my mother, for example, not having enough money to do groceries. Uh, a lot of people are suffering here. Um, phone addiction is a very big one. The government is not even talking about that, but that's the thing. We can all see that around us, but there's no investigations. There's no conclusions. There's no nothing. Um, you know, there's a lot of money going to Ukraine um, while people here are yeah, suffering. So there's this there's injustice going on. And um, instead of just complaining, I was like, yeah, I can contribute to solving these issues. And I and then I will. So do you, do you have like a role w- within this political party or is it just you supporting them publicly? Like, are, are you... And publicly, I will be at uh, some of the gatherings. Um, of course, media will ask me, what's your position on this? What's your position on this? Um... So we'll see what happens. Of course, also one of one of the main things that that I could be useful for is the fact that I have had 30 years of extreme stress and pressure, but I always managed to uh, restore myself, heal myself mm. without the hospital. So this is something I uh, think I can contribute uh, to the argument when we talk about health. Mm. Um, yeah, because I always did it without any pills or without any um, op surgeries. I only have one surgery. So I'm very proud of that. And I think that can help in the discussion when we're talking about health it, before it, another uh, crisis, lockdown situation. Sure, sure. And uh, potentially down the road, is this something that you'd like to take even further, like run for government and, and actually have a, a role within the government, be be elected? We'll, like- see, uh, we'll see how this goes. Um, for now, I'm supporting the party. Um I always initially wanted to stay out of the politics. That was also a little bit due to, um, yeah, you, you, people feel helpless, right? I also felt like, hey, you're not going to change the system anyways. But 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 now I'm. I feel like uh, I'm, I'm a parent. I'm responsible. And if you're going to be silent, it's also not the ideal thing. So I'm supporting the party, and we'll see where it leads me. Okay, fascinating. And uh, what is the reception? You know, sometimes when athletes get involved in politics, it's met with you know, a great reception and some people don't like it. What has it been like for you? And and by the way, correct, I, I don't know this, so I, I apologize. Like, I don't know if this is left, right? I don't know what the system is in uh, in the Netherlands, but I'm just curious how it has been received, such a famous uh, person like yourself over there aligning himself. Yeah. The reception is positive. 
again uh, a new stage right i don't have any uh, inclination or any faults i'm going to change the whole thing i'm going to rather than being humble i'm just still still yeah looking at the overview it's interesting to me but the overall reception is positive um yeah but then again just still seeing feeling okay uh, you mentioned other projects. Can I ask you about that? Like, what what are you going to do now that you are done fighting? Um, I'm actually going to first December first is coming out the app against phone addiction. Oh, I like this. What what is that? Yep. What does that mean? Um, it's an app where I listen. It's for anybody who feels like, hey, I'm grabbing my phone for no reason. I'm scrolling, you know, and I'm forgetting a little bit the time or I'm scrolling a little bit sensitively. Yeah. Download the app. I'm going to explain everything. I'm going to give you uh, directions to do the detox. It's going to work with accountability partners. It's a good system which will work. Okay. And, um, yeah, I, I believe everybody in the world could uh, – um, I would like them to experience the move I'm offering in this app. It will also be free of charge, by the way. Wow, I love this. I, I do think there's a very serious addiction, and it's very scary. I, I have three kids as well, and I see uh, 11, 9, and 7, and I see the way they are with the devices, and it's scary, and it's a fight. This is tremendous. Is this only available in the Netherlands, or will it be available worldwide? It will be available worldwide. Oh, well, it will be free of charge. Wow, and, this is, and, and you are the front man. This is your thing. My thing. Wow. Did someone approach you about this or did you have the idea and went out to seek people to help you do this? No, it is a very big problem. Yes. And uh, um, I actually got addressed, alerted to it uh, because my daughter, she was also screen addicted, actually already from four years old. And I remember she was four. I was telling my mother we broke up when she was too young, very young. Said she's too much behind her iPad. We need to not have that. We need to restrict that. And... I know what she was thinking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Easy talking, you know. So she allowed that to happen. And I remember, you know what? I'm not going to complain about this anymore. But in 10 years, this is going to be a very big problem. Because if you're addicted to the screen and on that age, and nine and a half years later, my daughter was 14, uh, yet to turn 15. She couldn't go to school anymore. She crashed. So I can go into the specifics, but in the short story, um, her dopamine receptor structurally got overcommit because of the screen. That's what the screen is doing to you. And once this receptor is in the brain, once this gets overcommitted, it doesn't work anymore. And this, this chemical dopamine is responsible for wanting to do something and doing something. So once this don't work anymore, yeah, my daughter was just sitting crunched up not able to respond and uh to me as a father that was very scary at first i rewatched that video more than 100 times but i just uh acted as any father would uh, act my daughter's on the attack i'm gonna get to the bottom of this what is going on here and uh it took me uh also looking at myself yeah my daughter's a lot behind the screen i'm also a lot behind my phone is that what we have in common um my father also was also a lot behind the screen. And I decided to break my phone addiction. And there I got a dopamine reset. That's what what was that called. And I just felt so happy and so full and full of energy. My energy went to 2,000%. I just felt great. And um, 
Yeah, it's 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 this technology is not healthy for healthy for us. The only way we're going to find that out is to detox from it, which is not done in a week. You need to put your phone down a month. I'll explain all that in the app, by the way, because there's there's certain shortcuts that you're not going to be entirely off your phone. You're still going to be able to do some social media and do your things, but just limited. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you will have your reset. And then once you have your reset, that's a big game changer for you because your ability to operate in the real world will greatly enhance greatly enhanced if we're gonna you're gonna feel better feel great and listen there's depression cases are up four thousand percent nobody's wondering how that comes it's because of the fun mm. wow this is incredible i can't wait to to see this app and i commend you for doing this this is really really important stuff and not a lot enough people are talking about it so well done alistair um could i ask uh, as far as your career is concerned when were you the happiest? What was your what was your career highlight? What what was the apex of of your run? Now that you look back on it all, yeah, geez, <laughs> that is a beautiful question. Um, I've had so many beautiful moments. Um, all right, first time Japan, nineteen ninety nine. My first kickboxing fight, nineteen seventy nine. My first fight in Pride. Pride was the best, which was a small Pride, but then the big Pride that was yeah. two thousand one and two thousand two. But then my first title fight, Strike Force. Second time it was bigger. Yeah. UFC first Brock. So there's so many beautiful moments. Um geez. <laughs> yeah, which one? I don't know. It's been a beautiful adventure. That's how I look at it. It really has. Uh do you have any regrets? Maybe things that uh, a fight you wish uh could have happened, didn't happen, a fight like something that you look back on that you you lament that you think, damn, I wish this would have happened instead of that. No, no, I'm totally happy with everything. And even the losses, because the losses, they also propelled me in some kind of direction, growth, uh, mindset change. So it's been, um, yeah, it's, it's been great. I wouldn't change a thing. Um, you know, I mean, a... what could I have? it's like it was six world titles, uh, three different belts. Or... Yeah, well, no, I'm totally happy with it. Do you have a favorite fight? Um, I would say... Yeah, which one? Yeah, the Brock fight. I don't know. There's been so many. I don't know. Okay, I'm just it's wondering because you know there's so many new fans. Someone watching this be like, let, let me, let me, let me go to Uberim at his at his apex when he was on top. His favorite fight. I, I'm wondering what you would suggest to someone. Maybe the Brock fight, UFC 140, I think it was, or 141. Right? K1 finals was nice. Yeah. The Brock fight was nice. Even even the last Baldahari fight was nice. Uh, who else we have? The UC fights were exciting, right? There was also the title run, and then the 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 the, the second run, which got brutally stopped by Nagano. Yeah, curious about the fight, by the way, uh, with Fury. Can I ask you? Because you know Francis very well. Do you think he has a chance? Uh, not only a chance. I believe he's going to win. Come on, Alistair! What the hell? Really? Yeah, yeah because um, I look at fights a little bit different, right? Of course, been in the game for thirty years. But I look at I look at patterns. I look at little details. I look at it a little bit different, and um, I think uh, Ngano is going to uh, surprise the world, shock the world. Listen, also because people underestimate UFC fighters. Mm -hmm. They do MMA fighters. Let's call them MMA fighters. We are we have, there's a lot of details that are in here, and um, boxes is basically one dimensional to us. Yes, uh, Tyson is the best. Yes, yes, yes. But <laughs> France is big dude. You might Very be. Big dude. You Very might be strong. the first 
prominent person that I've heard pick Francis, like first fighter that I've heard pick Francis? Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you think he knocks him out or do you think he wins a decision? It's uh, going to be <laughs> a brutal force KO. Wow. Yeah. Wow. You've just blown yeah. my mind. Yeah, I think so. Wow. And also, listen, also considering I went in the K1 and people didn't give me sure. five cents either, but I went in there as well with, 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 with I, you know, we have different mindset with MMA guys. It's wow. different. It's different. So you'll be watching? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I actually might even fly out there. I will fly out there tomorrow. Oh, really? You're going to go to Saudi? Yeah, tomorrow the day after. Uh, yeah, we're looking at that. Incredible. To support Francis or just to watch? Like, are you on Team Francis here, Team MMA? Uh, this is a nice fight, and we have some business stuff over there, so yeah. Okay, amazing. By the way, I don't know if you know, but like your name came up a lot over the last couple of weeks when uh, the relationship with USADA came to an end with the UFC, and everyone said, oh, Alistair is going to come back because you know, you've had your history with them too. What do you make of that? What do you make of uh, USADA and UFC going into a divorce? Uh yeah, I didn't. I didn't uh, follow. Uh, I, I, you know, I don't follow it anymore. All that stuff because it's just busy with other things now. Um, yeah, so they parted ways. They right? parted ways. So yeah. I don't know who, yeah, and I, and why is that even? Why why did they part ways? Um, well, uh, Conor McGregor, I think, was a big point of contention. Uh, he removed himself from the pool, and uh, there was some discussion as to what he would have to do to re-enter the pool or to be cleared to fight. Uh, I think Dana White saying a comment recently uh, a few months ago, no one cares what USADA thinks, I think pissed off USADA. And, you know, he's such a big figure. Uh, UFC, I think, felt like they were targeting him. Uh, USADA felt like UFC was trying to maybe bend the rules. And I think that was the breaking point. Uh, if that, you know, was that maybe the final nail in the relationship coffin? But I'm sure there were other things along the way. The relationship ends December 31st. So for the next two months, there's still a relationship. And then there's a new entity coming in called Drug-Free Sport, which, you know, I'm in favor of. But what I did say, Alistair, was I wish the fighters had a say in this relationship, right? Should the fighters be tested 24-7, 365? Should they have to update an app? It doesn't feel very fair when you're an independent contractor, no? Listen, I'm out of it. I yeah. have no intention okay. of being dragged. <laughs> Uh, it is all good. UFC guy. And listen, everybody can do what they want, right? You, they, if you fight China UFC, they have that protocol, and it's all up to them. Okay, fair enough. Um, well, I'm glad you're in great spirits. Is there another project you want to mention that you're doing or working on before I let you go? Because it seems like you have a lot. No, I think, I think uh, we're good. I think we're good. You think you're okay. I I, I'm happy you're okay, though. You're healthy, though, right? I was, I was a little bit worried. I will be honest because of all – everything's – I am the healthiest I've ever been. Okay. And there's no more strength, right? This is amazing. I, I train because I like. Um, I like to, you know, I know I'm still in the gym, still teaching. Uh, we have the exciting new projects. Uh, wife is happy, getting married. Oh. So that's, that's all, good stuff, yeah, all good stuff. When's when's the wedding? And this, before the summer, right before the summer. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to do a very nice uh, wedding in Croatia. Great. Well, you know what's interesting? I don't check my mail, but I didn't get a save the date card or anything. Did I not make the cut or what's? Did I get a save the date? Well, I mean, I, I got married before I knew who you were. I got married 2008 before I knew, like, we had a friendship, you know. I, I was. I knew who you were. I knew who I, but I wasn't an MMA guy. <laughs> you knew who I was. Ah, so you didn't get... Alistair. Uh, what great memories we've had together, right? What great memories. Okay. And, Always. and we're going to make more. 
Listen, we're not done. We're, we're just getting started. The most, the be- most beautiful is still to come. I love that. And, and last thing, are you going to be coaching anything like that or just on the periphery? Um, there are certain fighters that I help, um, that I have a relationship with. And uh, yes, I like to stay involved with them. Do I need to? Do I want to? Yes, I want to. Do I need to? But if it's if it's if it's nice, and if 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 I feel like hey, this is like a good connection, it's all connection based, right? Okay. It's all energy based. So I'm helping some people that I know and have a good feeling with, and um, yeah, and if it works out, if I'm too busy because I'm not a coach, right? I'm doing that as a friend, and we'll see. We'll see. There it takes me. Much love, Alistair. Congra- and, um, Congratulations on an incredible Hall of Fame legendary career. What a joy and pleasure it was truly to get to know you and to cover your fights and you're always so kind to me and accessible really really appreciate it thank you once again for coming on i wish you the best of luck in this new chapter congratulations on everything you got going on uh, obviously the wedding but all the projects incredible and please stay in touch don't be a stranger we'll stay in touch here you know how that goes all right thank you i'm, I'm only one in a way <laughs> I, I appreciate it all the best to you thank you you're the man there he is alistair overeem what a legend uh, and some really fun projects he's got going on. I love that, especially the app one. I have to admit, it's a scary thing. Any parent knows that it's a very scary thing. There's a lot. Oh boy, there's a lot. Uh, there's a lot to be worried about. And uh, you know, from 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 the you know the time that they spend on the screen, but also what they're looking at. It's the wild west out there. And so I love the fact that. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code Hour. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100 Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance, cdkng.com slash MMA.com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Uh, Alistair is getting behind this. I love to hear that he is healthy. I love to hear that he's in great spirits. I love to hear that he has no regrets. Uh, it's all very good stuff. I love everything about it. What a legend. You know, some of you new fans who are just getting into MMA now, uh, may not be so familiar with uh, what this man did. Like he's dropping 1999 in there. It's cr- I mean he's dropping he's dropping 2001 in there. He's dropping Pride in there. Like that. There's only like truly last of the Mohican stuff. Like there's only so many of those guys left in the sport that have connections to 1999. 
connections to 2001, connections to all this stuff. It's pretty remarkable. So kudos to him on a great career, and I can't wait to see what he does next. All right, now let's go from the Netherlands to Saudi Arabia. On Monday, we spoke to Francis Ngannou. We had to get the other side of the story. Of course, it's the biggest fight of the weekend. It's one of the biggest fights of the year. It's MMA versus boxing one more time. It's the undisputed lineal MMA heavyweight champion going up against the undisputed lineal, in my opinion, boxing heavyweight champion. It's Tyson versus Francis. It's Fury versus Ngannou. Let's speak to the Gypsy King now. My old friend Tyson Fury. Hello, Tyson. How are you? Hello there. I'm very, very well. Very well. I'm pretty pissed, though, that you've got Francis Ngannou boxing glove right there, but you don't have a Tyson Fury anything. It, it, you, you bring up a great... So fuck you! I, I love you too, Francis. Uh, excuse me, uh, Tyson. <laughs> his team sent me. Why didn't you guys send me anything? That's not fair. I'm just trying to promote we, the event. Yeah. I'm going to send you a massive Tyson Fury signed penis. Oh. <laughs> a Corey? You can put it right on display, right there, near your name. A Corey? <laughs> Is that what you call Isn't it called a Corey or something? Yeah, we call it a Corey in uh, Saudi Arabia. Okay. Fair enough. Um, well, I'm very excited about this. And uh, honestly, I must say, I don't know if you, you know, I know you're a big fan of the show. You probably watch every episode. Uh, I would say that yeah. the MMA community has been a lot more receptive and kind to this fight than your boxing community and especially the boxing media. Would you agree with that, Tyson? Does it feel like the MMA community is more excited and, and, and talking and covering about covering this fight and talking about all the, the, the elements going to the fight as opposed to the negativity of the boxing media and community? Um, not, I've not really felt any negativity um, of late. When it was first announced, people were pretty pissed. But as it's got going, it's been uh, nothing but positive. Like, Every media outlet in the UK and boxing media outlets from around the world, they're all talking about it and they're all, they've got it all over the stations and it's been pumped up really, really big. And the Saudis have spent like tens of millions of dollars promoting it. So it's very, very, very big. And uh, we're expecting a massive, massive numbers on Saturday night. We're expecting a uh, massive fight. Good fight. Were you surprised by the criticism initially? Um, haters gonna hate, but it doesn't stop me making tens of millions of dollars. So it's uh, it is what it is. I I'm not the type of person to hate on somebody if they're making tons of money. I'd wish them well and I'd work harder so I could make tons of money also. But you know, not everybody's like me. So yeah, all those people who are sick that I'm making millions of dollars, massive fuck you to everyone is. And I, I don't know if they were mad, at least my perspective, that you were making money or not. I think most people are rooting for fighters to make money. My, my, of course. I would think. At least that's what I feel. But I'm just wondering if uh, the reaction was, oh, they would prefer you do something else and really didn't recognize how big of a deal this fight was, how historic it was. Did, did that frustrate you that people couldn't recognize that an MMA uh, heavyweight champ versus the boxing heavyweight champ was something worth watching? No, I don't um, take what the people want into my account because I've said this many times in many different interviews, but if I'd listened to negative comments and people's other people's wants, I wouldn't have never been in this position today. I wouldn't be undefeated for 15 years and I wouldn't be making a shit ton of money and I won't be the biggest star in sports. So I don't take much attention to what other people want or what their negative opinions are. I concentrate on what the Gypsy King wants and I concentrate on what my goals are, not what other people's negative shit is. I've got enough problems in my life to deal with without taking the world's problems on also. So I just uh, stay in my own lane, keep my head down, look after my family, 
train hard, fight easy, and get paid. That's all I do. And we call it, in the trade, getting paid and getting laid. And that's how we do it. Yes, GDP. Get that paper. That's how we do it. That's how we get down yes. in Morecambe Town. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, can I ask you, what about this fight, other than getting paid a whole lot, interested you? Yeah. Um, when I had the opportunity to fight Francis, it hasn't just come overnight. It's been years in the making, going back and forth on Twitter and Instagram, and even came to my Gillian White fight at Wembley back in 2021. Um, yeah, I couldn't get a boxing op- opponent that I thought was worthy enough to challenge, i.e. Joshua, Wilder, or Usek. So, you know, Francis stepped up, and we took that fight, and it is what it is. Uh, like it, I love it. Me and Francis are making money out of it. And I'm sure it's going to do a shit ton of views on Saturday night. Uh, I love everything about that, especially from Francis's perspective, because I know that he made 600000 for his last UFC heavyweight title fight, which is an appalling number. And, and we've been covering him for a very long time, obviously, here. And when he left the UFC and parted ways after they tried to sign him to fight John Jones, a lot of people, even in the boxing community, said he was crazy for trying to get a boxing match against you or even a Joshua or even a Wilder. And, and, and by the time he announced in May... Tyson, that he was signing with the PFL, they still said he was crazy. It was only when he announced the fight against you or when this was announced that people really understood the vision. Did you pay attention to any of that stuff, the criticism that he was getting, that he was, you know, everyone was crapping on this guy, kicking him, saying he fumbled the bag, and knowing that there was a fight in the works between you and him, what was your reaction to all yeah. of that? I'm not, I'm not um, too sure of the comments that he, he fumbled the bag because... 600,000 is his biggest person. 600,000 is a hell of a lot of money, but not for the heavyweight champion of the world. It's not that much money, but if I was to try and earn 600,000 from a normal 95 job, it'd probably take me about 452 years. But for the heavyweight champion of the world, I think Francis and everybody else in sport knows that if after winning the UFC heavyweight championship, then to go on and box any, any heavyweight ranked in the top 10, who's probably going to make a lot more than 600000 So that's one point to point out. And another point is, I'm sure I read and heard that um, when he was leaving, he was offered 8 or $10 million to fight John Jones. Collectively. Uh, I'm not sure how true that was. Yeah, I don't know how true it was. Maybe collectively for a three-fight deal, not on a one-shot. Well, I, I, I think him and, him and John is worth definitely more than $10 million, Agreed. For sure. Agreed. Uh, I, I would definitely say him and John Jones is at least a ten million each fight for sure. Not collectively, not to make do ten fights each or whatever. Just on a one-off single fight, I would love to believe that 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 does a lot more than ten million each on pay-per-view. Um, and that's the fight that after I fight him, then I'm sure he'd love to uh, go and fight John, or maybe not. Maybe maybe he wants to do something else. I'm not sure, but. Yeah, there's a lot of different reasons why he's left the UFC and gone to BFL and now he's fighting Tyson Fury. But I think it was an absolute genius move because if he goes to boxing and he loses to me, which he will lose to me, then he's collected $10 million, a career-high payday, and he hasn't really damaged his reputation. Then he can still go back to the PFL and fight people in the cage, or he can still go and fight John Jones. I'm sure people would still be interested in him versus John Jones in a cage for the for the, the championship of UFC after I've knocked him out. So it's a it's a it's a no it's a no lose situation. 
Do you think we'll ever see a day where the MMA heavyweight champion is making as much as what you're making, where it's even close? Um, I'm not. I'm not too sure. I don't. I don't know the official numbers for um, for the UFC, and I don't know what the deals are. I'm not involved in their their negotiations, but it's um, to 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 make 600k for for a fight for the heavyweight championship. It's about what I got paid to fight Klitschko. So it's not that much low. It's not that low. I think you it to to win the heavyweight championship, then keep defending it. And you've got to take on some big names and create a name and create a fan following and, and be involved in big fights. And that's how you get big money. Uh, a lot of people are dismissing his chances. They're, they're downright mocking him when they uh, see the, uh, the sparring footage and whatnot. Uh, when you when you when you see this stuff, when you see whatever is being put out, obviously you're not seeing his sparring, but you're seeing some videos. I'm assuming here and there. What do you make of the skills yeah. that you are seeing? Um, I think he's about level to the other heavyweights that I fought. Big strong guy with a puncher's chance. That's all they ever are to me. Big strong guys with a puncher's chance. I've never really met anybody who can outskill me in boxing or even come close to matching my skill. But they all heavyweights have a puncher's chance. So, yeah, he's always got a puncher's chance, but whoever I would be fighting, I'd be 100% confident and call him a bum and a sausage, and he ain't worth a carrot, and he's going to get knocked out. So, yeah, nothing different here. I think I think Ngannou has got a kind of um, mental problems when it comes to taking his top off, because even though we think he looks in shape, I think he's got body dysmorphia, and he thinks he's fat when he's ripped. Um, so, yeah, so that, that could play a massive part in this fight. Him thinking he's fat, embarrassed to take his top off in public. What? What do you mean? What makes you think that? Because he never gets his top off. And if I had a body like that, I'd have my top off in the rain, in the snow, every day. I've got my top off all the time and I'm fat as fuck. So imagine if I had Francis's body. That's true. <laughs> what, what, what is it like? Everyone in the world saying you're going to smoke this guy and you just did a 12-week training camp you have to convince yourself not to believe these people, right? You can't, like, it's not like there's a risk the way people are talking about it. How do you block that out? I, I never listen to the people. I never listen to anybody. Like I say, their opinions don't have any sway with me at all. I've trained as hard as I can train for Francis because I never leave any stones unturned. And I've trained for a 10-round war. And if it's anything less, then I'll have a bonus. But if it's not, then I have the reserves in the tank to go, go the distance at a, a phenomenal pace, throwing a lot of punches, power punches per round. And we all know that I can I can do the 12-round the, the distance at a, at a flying canter. So you can't listen to betting odds. You can't listen to what the pundits say or the boxing people or anybody because they're not in there on the night. And if you start listening to people who are not boxing, then you uh, it's a time you fail. And I, I don't take anybody lightly. Um, I've seen so many times in, in this sport, especially where people fight people they're supposed to beat. They're always looking at the bigger picture. Right? I'm looking at fighting. I will use somebody as an example. I will use Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua, there was always talk of him fighting me or Wilder. And he gets through this fight, he's going to fight Wilder. He gets through this fight, he's going to fight Tyson. He fights Andy Ruiz on two weeks' notice. Um, and he ends up getting knocked out. The odds going in were astronomical. Everybody thought he was going to smoke the guy, all the so-called boxing experts, all the pundits, all the media, everybody. This is his putting his toe in the American waters. This is a, a show for the American 
pipe fans. And what happens? He gets knocked back out. And then he goes home crying. And that's it. Had a knockout defeat. But I never, ever, ever do that. No matter who I'm fighting. If I was fighting somebody in a local bar and I knew I had to fight the guy in six weeks, guy not even from a combat sport, I would train hard because you never know what that guy's going to bring. And never mind someone from a bar. I'm fighting an absolute killer in Francis Ngannou. A six foot four or five, two, 70, 80 pound guy who's come from the streets, come from a from wherever he's from, Cameroon, on sleeping on the floor. I read somewhere that he was in Paris eating rats off the street. So this guy is hungry. This guy's got a point to prove. Do you think I'm going to not train for him? Come in at like 400 pounds. I don't think so. I've trained as hard for him as I did for any other fighter I've ever, ever fought. And uh, at this, this level, you don't get no second chances. So better to prepare for the hardest fight ever, and it not be, than prepare for an easy fight and it's a war. Could I ask how much do you expect to weigh on Friday? I think I'll be, be around 270 pounds. Okay. He told me around that's, 275 a, for himself, so you'll be pretty equal. We'll be about equal, yeah. I might be a bit heavier, depending on how much water I've, I've drunk in that day. George usually likes me to drink a couple of gallons of water a day. So, yeah, it's quite heavy when you've got that amount of water in your stomach. So, yeah, probably about 270, 275. But I'm in great shape, and I've had a lot of good sparring, a lot of good training, and I'm injury-free. So, Francis is fighting a very good Tyson Fury at the top of his game. There's no excuses coming from here, and I'm on a, um, a seek-and-destroy mission. And he shouldn't be that hard to find. He's a big lump, big head for me to hit. And, yeah, let's see if he can stand up to the power of the Gypsy King. And you're referring, of course, to the great George Lockhart, one of the best uh, nutritionists in combat yeah. sports. I want to keep a 100 with you, Tyson, because I know you appreciate yeah. that, as the kids say. I appreciate uh, it, yeah. You know, uh, I don't know if a show, an outlet, a media person has been more in favor of this fight, uh, to the point where people were actually blaming me for Francis leaving the UFC because I was saying that he deserves <laughs> to do this sort of thing. But... So, yeah. so I've been very positive about this, but there's one thing that I would say would be criticism, and I'd love to get your response. I did say that I thought it was very disrespectful to the event, the fight, and to Francis to announce the Usyk fight before this fight, because you never know what could happen in a fight, as you just said. Do Agreed. You... Agreed. Thank you. And, and so why did that Agreed. happen? It wasn't my choice. I would never in a million years do that. But the people who are putting these fights on, who's paying the money... They're in control. They're the promoters of the event. So they, they, the paymaster does what the paymaster wants, basically. But if it was up to me, I would have never, ever, ever done that, ever. Because I never count chickens before they hatch. Never. So, yeah, I totally agree with you, 100%. Okay, and so what did that, like, how did, you, how did you react to that when this is out? Because this goes against everything that you always say, right? You always say, I'm not looking past yeah. this guy. And now all of a sudden... We're being told, oh, there's a bigger fight coming down the line or another fight coming down before this one has ever yeah. already happened. So how did you react to the yeah. news coming out? I, I wasn't happy at first from to announce it, but there was um there was a lot going on in the background. And for me it's just I don't I don't concentrate on any other fight other than Saturday night. And what happens in the future stays in the future. I'm living it for today and in this moment. And my moment now is to fight Francis for the for the baddest man on the planet title. And when I've won that, only after I've won that, I won't even think about my next fight until I've had a week off, spent some time with my family, been in camp 12 weeks, and then I'll, I'll think about what's, what's happening next. So it's not going to be a situation where, let's say you win on Saturday, they're going to announce a date. That won't happen. 
I, I'm not. I'm not really sure what what's going to happen. Okay. I'm, I'm not privy to them them um, conversations because I mean I'm in camp obviously for this big fight. So, like I, I totally agree with what you said. I totally agree. They should never announce fights before the first ones happened um, because that's how people get knocked out. But I'm not even looking at the next fight. I'm only concentrating on on Francis. And if it means breaking these two hands and getting a cut right through there to win. I will do it. Okay. Don't worry about that. And yeah, uh, nothing else matters only Saturday night. And am I, am I correct in thinking that if he shocks the world and beats you some way, somehow, I know this isn't something that you want to, you know, think about, but if it happens, you'd rather rematch him than fight Usyk. Am I crazy for thinking that? 100%. But as we stand today, there's no rematch clause either way. Wow. Nothing. So if it... If he knocks me out cold on Saturday night, I'll have to be begging him like this. Please give me a rematch. Why? Why no rematch clause? <laughs> Just no rematch clause. I hate rematch clauses. Yeah. Rematch clauses have tied my career up for so long and, and, and cost me a lot of millions of dollars in court cases. And I always say, like, we don't need a rematch. If the first fight is good, then both participants would surely want a rematch. If it's a shit fight, then it's not deserving of a rematch. Mm-hmm. So I hate I hate when people champions do this rematch clause. Obviously, I know why it is. It's the double payday, but they go into the first fight and they already announce, "Oh, there's a rematch clause." So it takes all the emphasis off the first fight. No one cares about the first fight. Oh shit, there's a rematch clause anyway. Let's see who wins the second fight. That's one that really counts. And I believe in these massive fights. Like it was one of the stumbling points for me and Usek the last time. They were desperate for a rematch clause. And I said, the fight of the century, why the fuck does he need a rematch clause? Let, let the, the winner go home with all the belts and the loser go home with his dick in his hand. <laughs> and they didn't want to do that. It was just as risky for me as it is for them right. to lose the fight and go home empty-handed. But they didn't want to do it. So I believe it takes the, the total interest of a one-off event away from the first fight when they start announcing, oh, there's a rematch clause. So it's like, well, the first fight not important. It's what happens in the second fight. I like that. Um, Sorry. Just want to ask you a couple more questions. I know you're tight on time o- yes. over there, so if you don't mind. Um, I saw you in Manchester. I was there as well. Uh, I thought your brother's assessment, Shane's assessment of, of your other brother, Tommy Fury's fight, was very honest and, and hard not to respect him being that honest after the fight. Can I ask what your assessment was of his fight against KSI and in particular his performance against KSI? Well, I can be brutally honest because we always are. The fact that Tommy made $10 million at this fight, he's 24 years old, probably made $25, $26 million out of his 10-fight career. It's unbelievable. Like I'm very, very proud of where he's come from. In 2018, Tommy didn't have $10 for a bus pass. Today, Tommy's got a hell of a lot of money, millions of dollars in his account. So I'm very proud of him. He can buy what he wants. He's got a $5 million mansion, G-Wagons, Lambos, Rolexes. Guy's flying. Regardless of the fights, all these fights he's had with Jake Paul and whoever else, you know, it, it's show business. These fights, KSI, Jake Paul, Logan Paul, all these guys, Dylan Dennis, whoever these influencers are and YouTubers and all that, this is show business. This is bringing millions of eyes to the boxing world, and the boxing world should be very appreciative of it. They could have picked any sport to train for. They could have picked MMA, and MMA would have got all the views and all the eyes. 
So I'm happy that all these guys come into boxing, my chosen sport, and that they're bringing new new fans, like young kids, young girls, young boys, families. It was crazy. The amount of people there the other night that were full families, kids. I never see that them young people at boxing events. So it's a new crowd, and I'm very, very happy that these people are bringing them in, and I hope they do loads more fights, and Tommy as well. And I said this today or yesterday in an interview. Whoever the Cruiserweight World Champion is, WBC, WBA, whoever they are, they would be over the moon to fight Tommy for their title. Whoever the, I know who the light heavyweight champion is, Bivol and um, Betibiev, they're not making the amount of money that Tommy's making. They would be honoured to fight Tommy for their belts. So this game is called prize fighting. We fight for a big prize. So regardless of how you get in this prize or who you got to fight to get it, the ultimate aim is to get the prize. And Tommy has been doing that. So whether people want to slate his performance or say it was fantastic, either way, it doesn't really matter because he got paid and he moves on to the next one. Um, these fights for Tommy and Jake and KSI, they're like their world title fights. That's how much it means to them. Everything's on the line. Emotions are flying. These boys are training really hard for these fights and they deserve all the money they get because I know how hard and lonely boxing and the fight game and training is. It's not no plaything, even at that level. It's hard at any level. Combat sport, amateur MMA or world championship MMA, if that's your level, then, you know, it's it's very difficult. We all know that the combat sports is, is difficult. And I, I just wish that all combatants in all these fight sports were making good money because it's no secret that average MMA fighters or average boxers don't really get an opportunity to make any money. They can't make a career out of it. They have to work other jobs as well. And it's um, it's one of those things that everybody can be world champions, that everybody can make millions of dollars. But I just, just wish that there was a few more few more dollars for all, all the fighters and things and better than what they get. Because sometimes it's, it's hardly worth training. Some of these fighters are... I know in boxing, this happens. Like a fighter will pay to go on a show. He'll not earn any money. He will pay out his own money to fight. I'm not sure if that happens in MMA. George said it doesn't happen. Not really. You no. always get paid. Yeah, I mean, sometimes but nothing, boxing, but yeah. Yeah. In boxing, sometimes the boxers have to pay wow. to fight. Wow. So it's uh, it's tough. And then they try and build up build up a few fights and then try to get another fight for some money, a TV fight or whatever. I know it, I know it's very tough. And I've, I've, I've been very blessed in my career in life because I've never had to experience that. I was always on TV and I was always getting paid, but... I know a lot of fighters in the trade who are not getting paid and who wasn't getting paid. And the guy who's now just been announced to fight for the heavyweight championship of the world, Tom Aspinall, I remember when Tom was a fighting professional at MMA and he wasn't making any money. And he always believed in himself. And he always was like, I can do it. I can win the championship. And I will look at him and like he's taking over the game and he's so big now. And now he's getting an opportunity to fight for the championship. It makes me happy. makes me proud. And you know what? Like, if someone like Tom, I remember when he didn't have any money and when he was struggling to get fights and he couldn't get any fights for any money, and now he's got an opportunity to fight for the championship, then so can so many other fighters do as well. Mm. So it's a, it's a brilliant story. Uh, it's incredible. I, I just have two last questions for you, and one of them was about Tom. He's actually yeah. joining us in an hour, yeah. uh, and I know you have a great relationship yeah. with him. 
this isn't a thing that we see in boxing, people taking title fights on two weeks' notice and whatnot. But I, I didn't even know if you knew about the news because you've been so entrenched over there. I'm just wondering yeah, yeah, what I, your reaction is and what your message would be to him. Uh, perhaps we could play it for him later on. You know, this is a massive, massive opportunity for Tom. And we come from nearly the same area, just a couple of miles away from each other. And I know how hard and how long he's trained for an opportunity like this. And to take it on, on a short notice and save the event, really, because I know John or one of them has been injured. I don't Who was John, actually injured? Was it John? John Torres Peck. John, oh, there you go. Then that's a, it's a bad injury. Um, so to step in on short notice, both guys, and keep the event going and keep everybody getting paid, and there's a championship on the line, and it's it can it definitely can be done. And, and the other guy's no slouch to. He's got a fight. He's a good good fighter. But I've always said since um, Tom started in the UFC, I've always said he's he's capable of winning the heavyweight championship of the world. And and this is his opportunity to go there, seize it with both hands, and immortality awaits. I love it. Uh, last thing, how are you doing? And usually that's the question that I would start the interview with, but mentally up here, are you happy? Are you content? Do you feel like you're in a good place? Yeah, and I'm very good. I'm very happy. Well, I, I, I strike happy because I've said this quite a bit now. And I don't believe happiness is a, is a real thing. I believe it's a byproduct of Joe LVM's achieving something, whether it might be small or big. If you set to achieve something, you'll feel joy from it. And I'm, I'm not sure that being happy is something that I ever want to be because I always want to be just setting goals and achieving them, big or small, and, and then I'll get like a joy feeling from that. But other than that, I'm feeling good. I'm, I'm in great shape, mentally, physically, emotionally. I've just had a little boy born. Congratulations. child, and I've not seen him. He's six weeks old. I've seen him three times in six weeks. So that's how serious I've been with this training camp. Wow. Um, so, yeah, I'm, very, I'm looking forward to getting this fight done, winning, being victorious, and then going home and having some time with my family. Because I've been away for a long time again. Twelve weeks is a long time when in little kids' life. Amen. And I miss me dogs too. I miss me dogs. <laughs> Don't we all? The dogs are the best. Uh good luck to you, Tyson. I, I really appreciate the time as always. Can't wait for this. And I look forward to that big Corey, the signed Corey that you'll be sending us. I'll put it right here proudly on the desk. Okay. I appreciate that. Thank you. All right. All, all the best, guys. God bless. There Bye-bye. he is, the great Gypsy King, who is uh Headlining the Battle of the Baddest on Saturday uh, against the one and only Francis Ngannou. I will admit, can I, can, I, uh, can I shoot straight? Can I break the fourth wall, Frank? You're going to have to. Just as I was like setting up the Tyson interview, I saw the glove to my right. Oh, man. <laughs> Did you just knock it off real quick? Well, like, oh, I, oh, and then I got the message that uh, Joe was setting it up. And I was right. like, well, you know what? Maybe the shot is a different, you know, maybe we were feeding him this one. And I was like, hmm, maybe he can't really tell. Yeah, well. That's the first thing he noticed, huh? Made for a good moment. You think so? Okay. I mean, I thought I might have lost him there in that moment, right? I thought he, nah, he was going to. But can I just, you know, can I just mention, I mean, not, oh, sorry. Not a lot of people would, would, would say, like, I, I wanted to shoot straight with him. And what does he do? He, he agrees. backed up what you thought. He agrees. He agrees. Go, look, can we go back to that breakout clip where it's like, Ariel Hawani says, Francis, and see all the people that were saying, like, I'm just being a, a ninny or a whiner or anything like that. And I'm happy. So, look, I get it. I get it from, let's say it's, you know, let's say it was Saudi's call. Let's say it was the people behind Riyadh season. 
I get why they you, you want to put everything out there. This is a big thing. My understanding of Riyadh season is kind of like there used to be a thing. I don't really think it's a thing anymore. Like where the, like the the World's Fair would come to a city expo. There was Expo sixty seven in Montreal back in the day that led to the Montreal Expos. In case you didn't know, and every country would have a thing, and it was a huge deal. Um, and so Riyadh season feels like it's something like that, although it's much longer. Uh, it goes from this weekend, it starts to March. And so I, I understand they want to put everything, right? Like there's Crown Jewel, WWE next weekend. There's clearly boxing. Uh, there's horse racing. There's this, that, and the other. Um, let me see here. Okay. Um, in any event, uh, I just got like an ominous text there that I'm not really sure what it is all about other than the message that I got to wrap up the interview 10 minutes ago, which I did not see as well. But, you know, these things happen in MMA. Uh, so I understand why the, the the promoter would want that out there. I understand why they would uh, want to do this. But I'm glad, at least, that Tyson said. And I think I, I saw Frank Warren also say that they were not not a no like that they would have preferred to announce it afterwards so it feels like we're all aligned you know the promoter wants it out there uh get that they're not traditional boxing promoters um but the fighter and his his camp would prefer not to have it out there we can't use google meets can we We can't. Okay. Um, they're asking if we can use Google Meets. Um, can you do me a favor, Joe? Uh, you have a you have a contact for uh, Charles. I'm I'm just I'm texting with her now, but this isn't making for great uh, television. Uh, you have you have the woman who is uh, his yes. person. Yes. If you could just call her, maybe. I don't know. They're asking for Google Meet, but we can't use that. I don't know what's the difference. Um, we'll take care of it yes that would be great that would be great uh i believe her name is louisa you have louisa's number yes no that sounds right okay cool um all right well hopefully in a moment uh we are going to be joined by uh the great charles dubronx so stay tuned for that after that we're going to be joined by mike breeden and after that we're going to be joined by tommy aspinall who of course we found out on uh well it depends on what time zone you're you're in it might have been very late uh tuesday night it probably was for the rest of the world wednesday morning or even wednesday afternoon um to uh the news that uh, tom aspel is not going to be fighting sergey pavlovich for the interim heavyweight title on november 11th at madison square garden in the co-main event now for UFC 295, the main event, of course, is going to be Yuri Prochaska versus Alex Pereira. For those wondering about pay-per-view points, uh, I am being told that Yuri is getting pay-per-view points. So uh, at least someone is benefiting from what should be a, a solid card. I feel bad for the ticket buyers who thought they were getting, or hoping to get John Jones versus Stipe. But as they always say in the fight business, cards subject to change. Now, when we usually have... Portuguese-speaking fighters, certainly as of late, and they didn't have someone who can translate for them. We've had our good friend Luciana Andrade 
on the program. Well, this time, we don't have Luciana, who is a quasi-interpreter, if you will. We have maybe the greatest, best in the business, legendary, iconic, often imitated, never duplicated, inimitable, Fabiano Busque, who, of course, you may know from the UFC broadcast. Uh, he has so much passion, so much emotion, so much zest, so much energy when uh, translating. And, and, and these are the best because sometimes you have someone who makes it shorter. No, this is, this is, uh, this is a real treat to have Fabiano join us. So he's going to be joining us to translate for Charles when he joins us in a matter of moments. But since we have this, uh, this brief moment here, I thought it would be fun to have Fabiano on to uh, talk about just how good he is at this gig. Fabiano, my guy, how are you? It is great to see you. Great What's to have up? you on. Uh, first of all, I guess I owe you like 100 bucks or something like that. If you want to be my publicist, uh, I don't have one. So <laughs> thank you. So I've never been, I, I, hey, I, I need a wingman at the bars. Yes, it'd be great. I would be thank happy you. to be that guy. I could be a great wingman. Thank you. You're so good at your job. Uh, I'm going to Toronto next week, actually. I'm going to Toronto next week for, for my for my full-time job, so why not? Okay. What is your full-time job, by the way? I work in the travel industry. I work in travel and tech. I work for a company out of out of Spain. Uh, it's based out in Orlando, the United States, and I've been in the travel industry for quite some time. It's a company called Hotel Beds. That's okay. out of a, it's a travel tech company. Yeah. And uh, they're okay with you moonlighting as the UFC translator guy? I mean, I've said this many times. Many of those people are married. Many have kids. Many have pets. You, you, you take all, allocate all that time that they spend on fa invest, sorry, sure. on family and pets. And all I have is football season and fighting. It doesn't even add up to <laughs> what they. I mean, I have more free time than they do. Yes, I heard you're a big NFL fan. Um, who's your team? Yes, I'm an Eagles fan. So I apologize, apologies uh, in, in advance. Eagles fan? Yeah, Were you yeah. one of those bandwagon jumpers? No, no. Uh, I go back to the days of like the fog bowl. Oh, okay. my first game. Wow, wow. wow. Yeah, I, I kind of go. I go back to. I, I go back to before the Bills even started going to Super Bowls. Wow, what a shot right so, there! You could have said losing no, Super but Bowls, hey, but I, I appreciate you say going. You just said I, going, not losing. I, I get. Hey, <laughs> I was an exchange student actually when I came to America, south of Jamestown, New York. Wow. So yeah. the Bills have always been my my AFC team. So just want to let you know that I. I, I was there. I, 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 know, I know the pain. That's very kind of you. And uh, were you born in Brazil? Born raised in Curitiba, land of, you know, uh, Shogun Brothers, yes. uh, Wanderlei Silva, where Anderson Silva trained, and so many others. Shoot the box, right? Yeah, Chris Cyborg as well, I believe, right? Isn't it pronounced Curitiba? I always heard people say Curitiba. What? Right? It, isn't that amazing? That's, yeah. that, that, it pays to have Luciana. Yes. On, uh, <laughs> yeah, Curitiba. Yeah, I, I should take you down to Brazil so that you teach half of our country when they misspell, misspell they say Curitiba. Like, listen, it's Curitiba. Yes. That's the way. That's the way. Thank yes, you. You got uh, it. Uh, yes, and uh, I hope you know uh, you have very big shoes to fill. I mean, Luciana's done a great job. Uh, I don't know if you've seen her work, yes. but for someone who doesn't do this, typically not bad, right? I mean, just she just stepped on the role and just did it. And I, I think it's kind of a plot to get me out of the job. So, um, <laughs> I mean, she wants to tackle the world, um, but hey, uh, I just told her if if she continues to do this, I'm gonna just put on 
uh, some more revealing wear and uh, become the first, the, uh, the, the, the UFC's first octagon boy. Yes. Octagon boy. That would be tremendous. Uh, I, I told her when she writes notes, she does, uh, I think a better job. Do you write down anything or I know, I know in the cage you don't do that, but like, if you do like a longer thing, do you write or is it all off the top of your head? And if so, what are the tricks to remembering, especially when the answers are very long? Um, what I've, when people ask me, I've been in a corporate role for quite some time. So you kind of, if you end up being, you know, you, you may leave corporate for a gig or for a part of your life, but corporate never leaves you. So I put everything on a virtual PowerPoint presentation uh-huh. and, um, any names that are mentioned, I put it in caps, any big important words that are said it repeatedly, I put it in bold. I may put some verbs in italic if that's how exactly how my, my friends and those who receive WhatsApp messages from me get those WhatsApp messages. I, I, I use all the resources <laughs> and I just hope to get through the slide, man. I just hope to get through the slide because sometimes it's a broadcast. So, yes, apologies to all of those that, you know, in moments I have, you know, miss. Uh, I didn't get through everything, but it's a broadcast. And where I try to when I see things speeding up, I try to speed up and try to give as much context as possible. And could I ask, uh, how did you get the UFC job? Luciana. I, I, what a man. She has known me for years. See, we're both from, I mean, think, listen, I, I, this is the ultimate, I've always believed in this, and I've always heard this from a lot of people, um, but when it finally happens to you, you understand. It really doesn't matter who you know. It matters who knows you. Right. And at the end of the day, um, I was, I've been a translator, uh, for, for many years. I've always been into translating content. I've always, always into putting content to all three languages and actually trying to cover the Americas and all my jobs. I always went for, um, for languages. Um, I pride myself in, in, in the way I enjoyed the culture, a culture that is sometimes, um, because of the relationship between Brazil and the United States. Uh, we don't see our brothers in Hispanic Latin America the same way. And I, I did very early on. I lived in Florida. I mean, so I speak the official language of Florida, which is Spanish. Uh, I worked for Disney for many years um, in, in, the, in the, the guest service area. Uh, again, uh, uh, being in corporate and being in travel, you, you really need Spanish. So I had all of that. When Luciana met me, like, we, I mean, we, we go back to, the, to bars in Brazil a long time ago. I've known her for like, it was going to be like 15 years. Um, I was actually working for a translating company with editing translations. I was working with editing liter- literary and technical translations and um, uh, corporate content. Um, I was doing uh, seminars in which instead of having the the guy be translated in the back of of the, of the room by simultaneous translators, I would learn what the product was was about and the the way the mannerisms of the, the speaker so i would actually do the same thing so it wouldn't take twice as long for this for the seminar to, to go but like 1.5 times and people really enjoyed it it related to them and i kind of looked like the guy i was the product manager as well and the sales manager so it helped um and even when i saw bars and luciana witnessed this many times i was always uh, many times i i forgave like the the opportunity to enjoy nights because to me the enjoyment was actually connecting people i so many times i've been in situations where um the people didn't speak the, and i was like the bridge and i felt so proud of that i've always liked it so much and uh it became a job um and and she knew about it she knew i lived in vegas she knew i had a remote job and she apparently saw some translations being done she's like you know what um, he's a translator. I know that they were looking for a local because because of the pandemic, the UFC wasn't trans- wasn't tra- traveling, and we knew we were going to be traveling for a while. 
So she, they always will ask around, you know, do you know people that are local? Do you know local resources that speak the language? She goes, well, I know this guy who speaks Portuguese, English, and Spanish, and some Italian. He lives in, in, in Vegas. He has a remote job. Be free, loves sports, and he loves sports. So it would be great. So, hey, here it is. And um, she asked for my resume, and in 24 hours, someone from the UFC got in touch and said, I really like your experience. Would you like to come in for a test? Wow. And it's the rest has been, it's been a, it's been a wild ride. I cannot, I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be where I am now. I would be talking to you. I wouldn't have this opportunity. I, it's, it's amazing. Amazing. It's, it's an amazing thing. And it's amazing how much the fans love you and show you so much respect and, and admiration. Um, were you an MMA fan when you got the gig or did you? Yes. Okay. I mean, obviously not to the point that I watch every fight now, but to me it shows. Uh, I, I'm a first, I always call myself a first fight kind of guy because there's so many Latinas that are putting the first fight of the card. So I'm going to be there regardless. Even if I have like the sixth fight to cover, I'm always there. So I watch them all. Like I'm there for them all. Um, it, it's, it, I, I call, I've called MMA for a long time, the football of, of fighting. Uh, it, it's, it's fast paced. It gives you, uh, five, five minutes to shine in three rounds or five rounds. It is the, uh, it is the only, only instance in all the sports that people can, people can say, Hey, Tyreek Hill, uh, Tyreek Hill, we'll, we'll, let's, let's put Tyreek Hill to, to run against Usain Bolt. Like I always talked about Chad. Ocho Cinco against him, right? That's running. He's not playing football, right? That's a different story. You get a, a, you, a tight end against an NBA guy. They're going to do something, but they're, gonna, but they're not going to be doing the same thing. MMA actually gets people from different disciplines and different sports in the same place. It's, it is the, it is, uh, the regimented Mortal Kombat like we saw when we were kids. It is, it, it's amazing. And, um, to have the opportunity to see and watch fights next to these people. I mean, I watch it next to Dean Thomas. I watch it next to Alan Jabane. I, I watch it. I, I watch it next to a uh, to Anthony Smith all the time. So it you learn so much, and like that insurance commercial that says we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. You see things, and you're like, oh my god, I saw that, <laughs> and I saw that last week, and I saw that a year ago, and you start seeing it. And three and a half years in. You've seen some things, right? It, you've seen some things, and I've been witnessing history. Uh, nothing short of history. And which was your first event officially? My first event officially was on August twenty second, twenty twenty. It was a fine night. It was Munoz against Edgar. Okay, it, that was remote. Yeah, that was remote. That was it. Was always remote, and every week there would be a new wrinkle to it we were going to a hotel we were being tested tests were being cleared and saturday morning if you're clear you would be you'll be able to go to the apex and things started changing 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 and towards june of 2021 i was asked would you like to travel to, would you be available to travel domestically for us and there we are Vittorio, the son of vittori to figueredo moreno to mm. and uh uh, look at it, Leon Edwards against Nate Diaz. Yes, what a fight! And we go to Glendale, um, and that event. This is the this is the fun fact. The weeks before, we were already doing away with the whole going to the room and being remote. So I was I actually made it to the octagon a couple of times. The Brazilian fighter lost by decision. There was one fight that was actually close, and there was a knockout towards the end. And on that night, another Brazilian fighter lost. The first time I got into the octagon, 
there were 19,000 people. It was my first time going in there on camera was to actually translate uh, for the losing party, which is Davison Figueredo, after he got mm. rear naked choked by um, uh, by uh, by Brendan Moreno. And what a moment, because I got up there and I looked to my side and it was like, Dana White, yeah. Joe Rogan, myself, and I'm like, hey, do it like Barry Sanders, like act like you've been there before, right? Yeah. So I looked at Dana, so I had, you know, first ever Mexican-born fighter champion. This is amazing. He goes, I know, right? He was like, oh, my God, okay, I'm in. Now, this yeah. is like, there's, all right, the, the adrenaline. And um, uh, an amazing, I saw the Davidson that many people got from the interviews. Like, he was very gracious, talking about the night that Brandon had. Brandon's family, an amazing unit there. All of them are coming to talk to, to Figueredo, so I'm translating for them. Wow. And that became a quadrilogy. Um, so that was my first event. Yeah, my first press conference was right outside of the arena. It was a couple blocks away. I'm sorry, a couple blocks away in downtown Phoenix from the hotel. And that's when I got to see one <laughs> Nate Diaz just <laughs> uh. pulling up some stuff. It was I, I mean, that was a vibe. That prepared me even more for for everything that, that is amazing. Fights. Which is there a favorite one? Like a favorite moment that you were involved in? A favorite interview of you know? Because there's so ch such emotion, right? There, it's like incredible to be a part of that. There's only like three people in involved, right? It's you, it's Rogan, yeah. it's the guy. Usually Rogan or Cormier or someone like that. Is there a favorite one? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously, um, it it wasn't even um, in it wasn't even in the octagon. Um, it was outside of it. Um, a McGregor player. So they, 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 that was the, that was the first of all, an amazing moment as it is, right? To actually see that fight. First one in T Mobile after the pandemic. And Charles is there at, with the belt. And, um, now I, now these people, I work with them, but this is, the, this was a voice of me saying, Hey, there's going to be a producer named Jimmy coming to you and he's going to bring Megan O'Leary and, uh, you guys are going to, to go live. Um, afterwards, and John's going to kick John Anik is going to kick to to Megan, and he's going to interview Charles. And because obviously the winner of this fight is most likely going to face Charles, it's like okay, so no problem. Now I work with Jimmy all the time, uh, big Giants fan, so it's easy to to work yes. with a Giants fan when you're an Eagles fan. Uh, <laughs> Great guy, both Giants fans, including including uh, Megan, also Giants. Fan. So I go in there, and as all that's happening, as you hear McGregor talk, as he's being taken out. It, this is this interview is actually on YouTube. Like, uh, I, I, that's when I met Charles. That's when I met. That was the first time. That's when I first, the first, first time I translated for Megan, which now I mean all the time. Just it's amazing. She was so again so gracious because she understood that I actually asked her to repeat a question live. Uh, she after she said, I, "Dude, I could barely hear myself," and she had the thing to hear. Charles is hearing whatever we're saying to him so i'm to have the responsibility of hearing her and i'm hearing mcgregor talking people yelling this moment actually that if you look on youtube is actually what the broadcast version is with the cameras shifting to mcgregor being taken out uh poyer's get, making his way out of the octagon and they're interviewing charles and that was the first time i met him and that boy let me tell you there's an aura there because i told people for for months i was like i don't know what that man has man but it's just the way he looks at you the smile on his face and we come from very different backgrounds. So I'm very, I'm as a public relations guy, that was my degree. To hear someone that comes from where he comes from, be so, you know, assertive when he talks, just be so clear when he talks, the message is out there. And he's just, it was just so, it was like, 
oh my god you're like were you born media trained yeah. or something it was it felt really amazing and i told a lot of people that was like i kind of just wanted to it was a vibe. I mean, he's really plus he had he had the jacket on, yeah, 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 yeah. the belt, and he had, he had the shades on. It was very, it was like a, a Deion Sanders moment almost. It was like pride. I love all the uh, the football references. You wouldn't expect that from like you know someone who's born in Brazil. I would I would you know imagine it would be football like football. You know those references. I know. I know. Neymar, Ronaldo, Ronaldinho. You know someone like that. But I like that. You're fully American. Yeah, I've been, you're, you're you're fully uh, been jaded. I became a. Became an American citizen this year. Actually. Oh wow! So, yeah. Congratulations. That's a and and just mm-hmm. curious. Uh, how do you, when do you find out? Like when do you find out if you're going to an event? How how soon or how close to the event um, do you find I, out? Um, I I tend to use my corporate uh, approach. So the person that that um, that that's my contact internally. Um, I've always been one to actually kind of send them whenever rumors or ever fights are being because he's. He's worried about what's actually on paper, like what's on paper and what's confirmed. He has to worry about so many other, as as a senior or producer, of, you know, of, of events. Um, so ba- basically, about five months out, I just basically look at the what's going on, what's confirmed, and I send it out, full of flags and <laughs> like who the fighter is, the the ones that I know of. I do my research to say, hey, this one might need it, might need, might not need. And I always say, I always tell people, I write long messages. I say, like, when you get to it. That's a reference message right there, and then he basically we have a code which is plan on it. So okay. I, I now go plan on it with a with a question mark, and he goes plan on it. So that's uh, I mean I made a joke about like China for example, like you know uh, I'm, I'm scheduled to go to China because they put three Brazilians against the, the three fights that at least for now are scheduled are three Brazilians against three Chinese fighters. And I just thought I, I sent all the three when they kind of got announced. I was like, man, if you wanted me to go to China, all I had yeah, to do yeah, yeah. ask. <laughs> yeah. So they had to, you know, had this visa process and stuff. But it's uh, um, usually about uh, five, four to five weeks before. OK. Uh, but obviously, if it has to do with my job, I do have a full time job again. So I always if there's something related to it, I always let them know. Like, Listen, there's this event I need to go to. There's these meetings I have to go to. I have to have a guest. I have to give an answer. It's going to be in person. So what what can we do about this? Uh, so I think I think in the last uh, six or seven months, Charles has been on twice prior to the Vancouver card and then afterwards once this fight was announced. And both times we had Luciana translating both times, by the way, I've heard of something called Brazilian time. Uh, you know, there's <laughs> both times, by the way, he was super he was like prompt early. Here he is 22 <laughs> minutes late. Do you think it's because you're translating and Luciana's not? I'm trying to understand what's going on here. <laughs> I mean, it's a it's a it's a tremendous <laughs> downgrade, so I don't blame him. <laughs> but I think we I think I think we have located him. We're just trying to get him. Uh, uh, there was something wrong with his phone or something like that. So we're working. For, in case you were wondering if I was tricking you and that Charles wasn't oh. coming on, uh, <laughs> even though this has been great, I'm I'm actually happy because I told the guys I wanted to have time either before or after to learn more about you and and your story. And so That's you could true. you could also do Spanish as well. Sp- I mean, is is that yes, yes, so, and Italian Spanish for twenty five years. Yeah, um, Italian is, a, I always say that, you know, Italian is Italy's second most spoken language because the first one is like a dialect where people speak at home. So uh, Italian is more like, um, I would say, you know, if I had to go to the Octagon to translate Italian, it would be a, a tough task, but I prepared myself so much. Like it, it, there are instances where I was ready to translate corner and the fighter ended up losing. And 
there was a, sp- a particular fighter that he was going to, to, to I was going to do a corner only because he speaks English. And I uh, just listened to his coach. I I mean, if 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 Google ever looked into my search history, like, yeah. what is wrong with you? Are you obsessed with this man? I the the coach is a fascinating person, by the way. Great story, great history. And I was just basically trying to get a hold of his accent and just try to because I was going to have to listen to him in a corner, right? Uh, and Italians yelling are a different breed. So I was like, okay, so this how he's a co-man and fighter ended up losing in the first round. So I never oh. got to it, but. Um, yeah, Italian family. I have three passports. I'm wow. an Italian citizen as well. That is incredible. Yeah. Have you so so have you done a Spanish one yet? Correct me for not. Oh yeah. Oh, oh you yeah. have oh, okay. No, I do cont- I've been doing contender. Uh... My third series of my third season of contender. I do a lot of stuff for UFC Espanol. Um I've I've helped out with many things there. So I do all the media days. I actually work out of my regular job. Uh, out of the Apex on Wednesday. No I take way. my laptop, so I get there early. Wow. I, get, I get there early, come out late. And I'm just there. I'm like, hey, listen, the, the shift of some conference calls people are very understanding of that. And I just go and, and I've been helping them out a lot. Great people at UFC Espanol. Great people. Oh, my gosh. Look at you. So in total, is it possible that you're spending more time on UFC stuff than your regular job? No, that's not that's not possible, right? No, no. It's, it's just that it's just that it, it shows so much because it's it's there. But if you think yeah. about it, I never stop. I, I never stop. Like I'm in right now. I'm in Dubai. Because we were in um, Abu Dhabi, so I just extended the trip a little bit and kind of stayed here. So tomorrow, for example, I'm going to our offices in Dubai. We have offices in Dubai. Going to meet with some people that I, I I've never met in person. One that I know that he's setting up the meetings, and then uh, I'll work some more here. And then uh, there's one of our uh, one of our directors actually coming in for a 10 hour layover in Dubai. So we're going to go out to dinner or something. <laughs> I never stop. Wow. I never stop. And yeah. are are you doing MSG? Yes, sir. Wow. Yes, sir. So you get to do all How the big cards. That, huh? Freaking Madison Square Garden. Yes. You get to be in the freaking Mecca. I, trans- I, I was, I was, you don't understand. As someone who was a, a Jordan fan, I mean, what, okay, I got, I pissed some people off because I was, oh. I was walking up to uh, the people in the garden. And I, first, first of all, the people in the garden are iconic, right? Yes. The first thing that, that I heard from a, uh, a, a garden employee, the jacket, you know, yeah, it's yeah. just all the people that I saw on TV for years. He goes, I don't like he actually said how you yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. I was like, Oh wow. All right. And I um just uh, kind of like told some of our young people and in, in like production and audio, I was like, Hey, just uh, take it in right in front, like next to uh to MSG employees. I was like, This is the place where Michael Jordan scored fifty five a couple of times in his career. Just best. They said, Let's take it in, man. And they're like, Shut up. I got hurt. They're Knicks fans. Yeah, so double nickel. Of, you know. Some someone is someone is calling. I'm gonna just gonna answer this right now with you on the air here, Fabiano. Um, Someone is calling me who I think it's. I think it's Charles calling me right now on my phone. Let's see. Let's see. Hello, hello. Hey, Charles. Hey, what's up? We're gonna call you now to do the interview. I have Fabiano here, and we're trying to call you. Can I call you on this number right now? Yes? We're going to call you right now. Don't go anywhere. How do you say... Vamos ligar para você daí, Charles. A gente vai ligar para você. A gente vai ligar para você. A gente vai ligar para você daí. Vamos ligar nesse telefone. I can't hear him. Oh, damn. I don't know how to do... Okay. You're telling him not to, to go anywhere? Fica aí, vamos ligar. Fica aí, a gente vai ligar nesse telefone que você tá, tá? Fica aí que a gente vai ligar nesse telefone. 
Okay, he he he's he hung up. Guys, you got to call that number. This he, he they're telling me you no one ever called. I don't know what's going on here. That was great work on your part, by the way. Guys, you got that number? We have the number. I mean, we're we're wasting Fabiano's time. I'm sorry about this, Fabiano. You know, we're usually a pretty no professional. No problem, man. It's my it's my day off for work. I'm on PTO today. We're usually a, a pretty professional uh, operation. Yes, you are. Um, it, it, yes. I'm gonna Bra- I'm gonna blame Brazilian time. What do you think of that? Is that fair? Yes. Probably not. I, I always do. I always tell people I'm not late. I'm just there when I get there. Yes. Uh, guys, do you got that number? Sorry about this, Fabiano. Yes, they're calling right now. Okay, all right. Making me sweat here. But, you know, we got to learn all about Fabiano, about his uh, fandom <laughs> of uh, the Eagles. This is tremendous stuff. And uh, I love... What about the people... You know, people online are so mean. They're so nice to you. No one gets mad at you. Do you get, um, do you, do you get people who are it, like, you didn't say that correctly? I'm sure you get some yeah. here. Oh, you do get oh, those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I, I've looked. I've looked for those, and actually, just uh, in, a, in a word of advice, where am I to say this? I deal with people that that put their lives, you know, in 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 out there in the octagon and their in their their well being. Um, I, I, people like you, that are just actually making shows happen. Your producers that they're calling people. I mean, we are just. I'm just. I just step in when I'm needed. Um, nothing can compare to our commentators and our and our, um, our reporters, but. I had that hate in my first fights, and I made the mistake of doing some re- some some searches that would lead to that opinion. I have had people that use celebratory posts that I did after a long time uh. on LinkedIn. People that were connected to me on LinkedIn that they used a com- the comment on LinkedIn. They were connected, first level connections. Man, that said, "Hey, man, love to be a part of this. I feel that your a lot of stuff is lost in translation in Spanish." I, Call me, call me up for uh, for Spanish translations. I was like, what? man, <laughs> my my Spanish speaking friends like, you, I, I want to beat up that dude. That like, is, I don't know why people people trying to ruin than a keyboard. People are trying to ruin. They're 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 jealous for your success. I I don't. I, it was just it, it, people just you know the stuff that they say. So I mean, look at what they say to women when they're. When they're on on air, like the like the, the first thing that they talk about is what they're wearing, well, how they're looking. It's right. like it's never, it, it never, it's keyboard warriors. Yeah. People are never, people are never happy. But I'm so fortunate because people have been very, very positive. I'm taking the positivity in. People are so nice to me when I when they see me, uh, when people recognize me, which is still mind blowing. Um, but it's funny, it's funny, like to go through the weirdest situations, man. Go through like TSA, and, and people I recognize you. My, Oh, like I went through TSA, like I, I you know, I got global entry TSA free and stuff. Like I go in very calm time at, at Harry Reid. I'm leaving, and one of the the guy after I go through, pick up my bag and stuff. Like guy goes, "Hey man, champion has a name." Like, wow, that is amazing. It's hilarious. Yeah, that, that's funny. It's pretty funny. That was a great one. But now yeah. I feel like Charles almost doesn't need a translator because he's starting to learn. Uh... I know. I, I, I'm telling you, this is like a a, a global plot to take me out they just they want to make me uh, redundant there is something to That's that it. though like he all he has all he has to say is the champ has a name or whatever he said in vancouver and people just fall in love with the fighter even more like just if they, like look when habib started to speak a little bit of english people felt you know what i mean there is some i'm not trying to take you out of a job but there's something no, to that but by the way that was a surprise let people know that was a surprise i did not know that was happening um, his team is great. They really went through it. Charles is someone that, as we all know, is someone that's 
that's not afraid to 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 go after the unknown, to to come back from things, for to learn new things, to become a different person. Why not this? And he just, I mean, those sentences. It wasn't like he just said a couple of things. There was right. like six sentences there. Yes. And we were just so surprised. We kind of looking at each other. But uh, especially with like, it, it, it was kind of like a compound thing. A couple of weeks before, before, like Natalia Silva and then Karina Killer. It was like, what the heck? Like, girls, what's up? Like, uh, did any, you, know what, you know what I would do if I was Brazilian fighter who spoke Portuguese only? I would ask you to teach me just so I can say something. Does any fighter think of that to learn? Do they oh, ask you I, for help? I've always made myself available for something like that. Obviously, we all have busy lives. They have busy lives, but some of them hey guys, are really Sorry to interrupt, cool. but can yeah. we say hi to Charles yeah. real quick? I want to see if he's able to understand you. Okay, Charles, are you there? Charles, hi, Adele. Hi, Adele. Hi, my friend Fabiano. Tudo bom? Estou escutando direitinho. Escutando direitinho. Fala, Fabiano. Tranquilo. Como você está? Tudo em ordem, meu caro. Hi, Fabiano. How you doing, man? Everything all right? Okay, great. Charles, uh, uh, obrigado, obrigado, parabéns. Thank you so much. Let's get into it. And thank you, Fabio. Okay, uh, first, uh, Charles, can you tell us about the cut? When did it happen? How did it happen? Charles, primeiro de tudo, fala pra gente do corte. Quando que aconteceu e como que aconteceu? Então, na realidade, cara, de verdade, acho que todo mundo sabe da minha fé em Deus e tenho certeza que Deus sabe todas as coisas. Né? Aconteceu pela manhã, no dia da minha viagem, meu último treino, né? um movimento bobo, na hora que eu fui defender uma queda e acabei meio descorregando e chocando cabeça com cabeça, na hora que eu tive um corte grande e muito fundo. Né? Então, acabou que eu acabei saindo do UFC, na hora que fazer a principal contra o Luiz Macaché. Um, well, everybody knows my faith in God, and everybody knows I, I know that God, you know, has a plan. And and I guess people know the story now. So it happened in the morning of the day of my trip. Uh, silly move, uh, basically a takedown defense. I was just training and uh, and ended up having uh, you know headbutting there, um, and then and getting up of UFC two uh, ninety four um, in the fight against Islam Um When when he felt that he was cut, when 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 he realized that he was bleeding and everything. What did he feel? Like, what did that do? What did that do internally to him? Quando você sentiu a pancada, quando você sentiu a cabeçada, quando você sentiu que estava machucado, que estava sangrando, que estava aberto, o que, que passou na tua cabeça? O que, que você sentiu, cara? Na realidade, tipo, a gente é um atleta, a gente é lutadores, então tudo na, pra gente vai dar, vai dar, vai, vai dar tempo, sabe? Tipo, não foi tão fundo, vai dar tempo, sabe? Tipo, Mas fico receio também de não lutar, então ficava passando milhares de coisas. Pô, justo agora, mas vai dar tempo, vai dar tempo, vai dar tempo. Caiu a ficha na realidade quando o médico falou, né? Que era um corte muito grande e muito fundo, sabe? Pra poder lutar, porque ele falou, a primeira das coisas que ele falou, foi, na hora que bater vai abrir. Então, a ficha caiu na hora mesmo, na hora que o médico falou. Mas no momento da pancada, a gente é lutador, vai dar tempo, vai dar certo, calma, respira, calma, sabe? Um, we're fighters. I mean, we're kind of jaded. We 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 always think that when it happens, it's not that serious. We're gonna bounce back. I mean, this is nothing. Everything's it's gonna be okay. And then I think that the and this is a a Portuguese a term in Brazil. We like to say when the point finally clicked, like because of payphones. Remember? Mm, yes, 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 yes. The coin said when a coin hit. That's what we said. So it really dawned on me, um, and, and that coin really hit. Uh, it's when actually the doctor said this is not only a large cut but it's also a deep cut. 
and I, it's not going to give you're not going to have enough time. And basically, it really like it dawned on me when he said any hit there would just basically split that thing open. And that's when I found out that I mean, it was really it was it was serious. But as fighters, we always think we're ready for the next challenge. It, it, everything's going to be OK. When Dana White first spoke about the news, he said he wished that uh, Charles Rose team told him before they went to go get it, you know, fixed because maybe there was something they could have done. Uh, could, could I ask why did he do it the way he did? And Dana also said he understands why he would be afraid to do that. He doesn't want to alert the UFC or worry them. But uh, you know, why did they go about it the way in which they did? É, Charles, naquela, na, na hora do anúncio, quando o Dana finalmente revelou aquilo, se não me engano foi na terça-feira, quando ele falou à noite para as pessoas e revelou que você estava fora da luta, ele falou que talvez quisesse, e ficou, ficou implícito que ele, ele deixou claro que ele queria que as coisas tivessem sido feitas diferentes. Ele talvez deixou é, no ar que vocês foram um outro médico antes de ir, talvez um cirurgião plástico, que talvez as coisas... É, tivessem sido diferentes, e também ele falou que entendeu o porquê que você talvez não fosse direto é, ao, ao UFC ou alguma coisa mais certificada pelo UFC para talvez passar por isso. Você poderia esclarecer para a gente como é que foi essa situação, do Dana ter falado isso, que é que você tivesse ido para um senhor de um plástico e no final das contas não foi? Como é que foi isso? Cara, cara na realidade, vi só. Ah, você está você 12 dias de uma luta. Você, acorda, você ah, ah, tem um corte que ele é grande e que ele é fundo. Vê só, agora eu quero que... É, isso aí todo mundo tem que responder rápido. Você tem um corte grande e fundo. Você vai parar, calma aí. Deixa eu ligar para o UFC para ver qual médico eles vão mandar. Você vai para o médico que você tem. O médico que a gente tem foi da, previse, da, da Previsente. Então, tipo assim, é uma equipe gigantesca, um time gigantesco que trabalha com a gente. Então, a gente correu urgentemente para aquilo. Para a gente poder ter um respaldo maior, para a gente ter um, uma aceleração, um, algo que, tipo assim, pô, a gente acelerou e fez acontecer. Sabe? Ninguém ia parar. Calma aí, espera aí. Eu, eu, espera aí, continua sangrando aí que eu vou te ligar. Vou ligar pro UFC pra conversar com fulano de tal. Não, isso não vai acontecer. Nenhum atleta, nenhuma pessoa vai fazer isso. Vai correr rapidamente pro médico. Então, tipo assim, eu tive o um atendimento perfeito, de todas as coisas perfeitas. Também ponto por dentro, ponto por fora. Não tinha o que fazer. Poderia... Ah, um cirurgião, um cirurgião plástico podia ser o, o melhor do mundo. Não ia fazer eu lutar. Não tinha como lutar. Pra você ter ideia, vai fazer três semanas e o corte não fechou, a parte de fora ainda tá aberta. Então não tinha como lutar, não tinha o que fazer. Um, I want people to actually answer this quick. quick. So, I mean, think, think about this. Think if it happens to you, right? I mean, I mean, think about this. You're fighting, you're training out there, and all of a sudden you get a gash right there, and it's a huge cut. Um, what do you do? I mean, you're gonna go out there and call, I mean, 12 days before the fight, you're gonna call the UFC and you're gonna say, hey, what do you recommend me to do? I mean, you're gashed right there. So we have a, a doctor. We have a great medical team that has worked well with everybody. The first thing we do is like, this is bleeding. This is this is huge. Let's go to the doctor. Listen, it was a great job. Uh, doctor did internal stitches, out, uh, uh, external stitches. Um, everything was was great. And I don't think a, a plastic surgeon would have actually gotten me ready for that fight. Just for you to understand, right now, has it been, what, three weeks since that happened? And the externals are still, I mean, it's still, it's still open. It's that, that cut has not been closed. So there's nothing much that would have said you, you want to go for the, for, for the quickest solution possible. And we have a great team uh, of doctors and, and they did exactly what needed to be done. And we just went for it because we wanted to, to be taken care of immediately. Uh, it's one thing for fighters to criticize, but I saw, excuse me, for fans to do that. But I saw some fighters guys like Bilal Muhammad, who said Charles never wanted to fight, who put out this, this story that he, he looked for a way out. Did he see any of this? And how did it make him feel 
it's again one thing for fans to say this, but to see fellow fighters question his heart and question how much he wanted to fight. Uh, Charles, uma coisa é ter fãs, ter torcedores de outros lutadores, ter gente que está fora do UFC falar uma coisa. Mas lutadores chegaram a comentar, e nesse caso aqui uh, a gente menciona o Belal Muhammad, que mencionou que talvez você nem quisesse lutar no, em primeiro lugar. Você acha que isso... Que, como é que, primeiro, você sentiu isso? Você tem? Você sentiu isso de alguns lutadores? E como é que você se sente que lutadores chegaram a falar algo assim? Fabiano, vê só, de verdade... Eu não cheguei agora no UFC, eu vou fazer 13 anos lá no UFC, né? Ah, sendo bem sério, esses caras querem surfar minha onda, esses, esses caras querem, 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 querem se aparecer, querem falar merda. É, quem vai tomar um corte desse tamanho, pra, desse tamanho, dessa profundidade para não querer lutar? Não existe isso. Outra vez só, tava no final do camp, no último dia para me poder viajar. Como que eu vou pegar e ah, inventar um bagulho desse? Na realidade, esses caras falam cara fala besteira demais. Sendo bem sincero, de verdade, eu não tô nem aí para que esses caras falam. Eu tenho que estar tá ligando para aquilo que, que vem acontecendo, para aquilo que a minha equipe acha. Olha, no momento que eu falei para o UFC de tudo que aconteceu, eu tive um respaldo gigantesco do UFC. O UFC sabe quem é o Charles, o UFC sabe que eu nunca corri de luto. O UFC sabe que eu quero se tornar campeão de novo, que eu tô treinando e me dedicando para isso. Então, tipo, de verdade, vê só, o que esses caras falam e deixam de falar, na realidade, puta, não, não, nem eu tenho que levar em consideração. Esses caras querem surfar minha onda, esses caras querem ser quem eu sou. Só que não tem coragem de fazer tudo o que eu fiz. Um, man, I've been at this for 13 years. I didn't come in yesterday to the UFC. I've been at this for 13 years. And I'm going to tell you really uh, the real talk here. Um, they want to serve my way. That's, what, that's what's happening. I mean, what, what do you say? I mean, they just want to show off. They just, just want to show up and, and just uh, make themselves uh, known and, and seen and heard. Um, think about this. Uh, who would actually make up or, or cause a situation in which you have such a big and 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 and, and, and deep uh, a cut in the day of the uh, of, of actually traveling uh, uh these dudes listen I, i they're gonna all they do is talk shit that's what they do all the time and i don't at the end of the day i don't pay attention to them like for the ufc when i told the ufc what happened and i actually explained to them what this situation i've had i've been the support that i've gotten from the ufc They understand who I am. They understand who Charles Oliveira is. They understand that I'm already thinking about the training that I need to do, everything that I need to do to get back, and everything I need to do to become a champion again. They understand this. So, in reality, I mean, I, I really don't give a damn about what people say. I mean, they're, they're going to talk their talk. Uh, they they, they want to serve my wave. They want to be who I am. They want to be where I am. And, I mean, they're not me. Okay. Um, did he watch the fight? And, you know, I asked that if only because maybe he'd have been so upset that he didn't want to watch it hurt him too much to not participate. A, and B, uh, regardless of if he watched or not, he obviously knows the result. Was he surprised by the way in which the fight went down? Uma pergunta, Charles. A primeira de todas é, você assistiu a luta? Porque, obviamente, com a situação, você teria total direito de, de repente, não estou chateado, não quero assistir a luta. E se assistiu? É, você ficou surpreso com o resultado e com o que acabou acontecendo com a, com a vitória dele, da maneira como foi? Não, assisti sim e, venho, e, e falo mais uma vez isso aí mostra o quanto o Isa vem evoluindo na parte em pé, o Isa fez a leitura de luta perfeita, começou chutando por baixo e terminou com o chute na cabeça, tá de parabéns, né, e o Volkas tá de parabéns por também ter aceitado a luta então, como eu tinha falado, são dois grandes, dois grandes lutadores, são dois caras da história, merece todo o respeito do mundo, sabe? Eu assisti a luta, ele merece todo o respeito do mundo, como eu falei. 
Um, yeah, man. And I've said this before. This only goes to show with the things that I've said before that Islam, it, the evolution of Islam's game standing up. I mean, he he did the right thing. He, what a what a read that he had of uh, of that fight uh, to start kicking low and just ended up kicking high. So I mean, all, kudos to him. All all props to him, and also all the props as well to to Volkanovski for actually taking that fight on a short notice. I mean, the, all respect to both of them. Um, they they're great fighters, um, and it, I obviously uh, Islam is a is a great champion, and um, all respect to both fighters. I uh, it it shows the evolution as an MMA fighter. Uh, has Charles been told that he is next for Islam? Um, you cut off a little bit Sorry. there, but I'm thinking that you asked, has Charles been told if uh, he's next against Islam? Exactly. Perfect. Um, Charles, você já foi confirmado, foi dito para você que você é o próximo na linha para enfrentar o Islam? Não, ninguém falou nada. Simplesmente o UFC só falou para mim tá bom, vamos, vamos recuperar, e aí o que eu tô fazendo, eu tô recuperando, né, eu tô recuperando, eu quero me recuperar, eu acho que, eu, <coughs> eu acho que, tipo assim, eu não preciso provar mais nada pra ninguém, eu acho que eu já mostrei quem eu sou, já mostrei tudo aquilo que eu venho fazendo lá dentro, eu não luto por dinheiro, eu luto pra fazer história, eu luto pra deixar, pra, pra deixar o meu legado, pra mostrar pras pessoas quem eu sou, então eu vou lutar na hora que eu estiver pronto, quando eu estiver pronto, quando eu estiver 100% igual eu tava, aí eu vou lutar. Um, no one has said anything. Um, specifically, then uh, they know who I am. They know what I'm all about. They they know that I, I'm going to train to become a champion. Um, that I I'm I'm training and I'm getting ready for it. Uh, they they know what I'm all about. That I'm actually I don't fight for money, man. I fight for for to make history and I fight for my legacy. So I'm going to continue to train, continue to get prepared, and uh, try to get up to a hundred percent, just like I was right before this fight. So, and that's when I'm, when I'm at hundred percent, I'll be ready to fight. I apologize if this is a silly question, but just for the record, does he want Islam next? Já me desculpo de antecipação por ser uma pergunta boba, mas é importante perguntar para você. É o Islam que você quer o próximo, essa é a próxima luta, você quer lutar contra o Islam? Eu quero o cinturão, não importa com quem ele esteja, é isso que eu quero, eu quero o cinturão. I want the belt, whoever has got that belt. It doesn't matter who has it. I want that belt. Uh, in the post-fight press conference, Dana White seemed to lean towards Charles next, but didn't say definitively. Islam, though, said he didn't think that the rematch against Charles was a good idea. Uh, what, what was his reaction to both, and in particular, Islam, and what he said? Na coletiva de imprensa, na Ariana depois, o Dana deixou um pouco claro e meio que já... já, já partiu um pouco, pro, pendeu para o lado de ser você. Ele falou que você é o próximo, que faz todo sentido, que é isso que se espera. Ao mesmo tempo, o Islam, quando foi entrevistado, falou que não achava que era que era que que você seria o próximo, que você deveria lutar contra ele. Como é que você vê uh, o que o Dana falou e o que o Islam falou? Quem manda é o UFC. Quem o UFC mandar lutar, vai lutar. Todo mundo sabe, eu sou o próximo da fila. Eu sou o número um do ranking, eu estou vindo de uma, assim, uma grande vitória... Eu estava pronto para essa luta. Infelizmente, aconteceu o que aconteceu. Eu sou o próximo da fila. Whoever the UFC says you're going to fight, well, they're going to fight. Um, everybody knows I'm next. Um, first in the rankings, coming off of a great win and ready to fight like I was before. Um, I was ready for that fight until it happened, and, and I'm next in line. Okay, what does he think is going to happen? In his heart, what does he think happens? 
é, tem o teu desejo e tem aquilo que você acha que vai acontecer hoje, no teu coração. O que, que você acha que vai acontecer? Qual que você acha que é o desdobramento dessa situação? Eu sou o próximo. Hã? Eu sou o próximo da fila. Eu sou. I'm next in line. Okay. I'm the next one. And, I'm next in line. And what are the doctors telling him? When would the cut heal fully to where there are no restrictions? E o que, que os médicos estão falando para você? Quando é que esse corte vai é, ficar completamente é, recuperado e, e curado a ponto que você não vai ter nenhuma restrição para voltar? Eu creio que mais ou menos daqui 20 dias eu devo, eu devo voltar a treinar. Eu creio que é mais ou menos isso aí. Daqui 20 dias eu devo voltar a treinar 100%. I think about 20 days uh, should be clear to I mean, 20 days I should be clear to train 100%. Okay. Uh, two last questions for him, if you, if you want to tell him that. Um, Number one, in a perfect world for him, when would he like the fight to happen? Duas perguntas para você agora finais só para você saber. Então a primeira, no mundo perfeito, o que que você gostaria de quando quando, quando que você gostaria de lutar? Quando que você acha que a sua próxima luta será? Eu acho que vai ser janeiro, fevereiro é a próxima luta. O Isla deve lutar isso, janeiro, fevereiro. Então acho que é isso que vai acontecer, janeiro, fevereiro. I think January, February. I think it should be the next fight. I, Islam should be ready to be January and February. Should be January and February. Okay. And what is his message to Justin Gaethje, who is also trying to campaign for the title fight? E qual que é a tua mensagem para o Justin Gaethje que está fazendo uma campanha basicamente para tentar entrar, é, se inserir no contexto e se colocar nessa luta? Fabiano, de verdade, vocês todos vocês sabem, eu sou o cara que não fico mandando recado. Eu só faço acontecer. Essa é real, não tenho... ah, todo mundo quer vender a luta, todo mundo quer vender para poder fazer dinheiro. Tudo pode acontecer. O Isla quer lutar de 77, então se o Isla lutar de 77, pode ser que aconteça o UFC coloca o cinturão interino e aí pode ser que o Dust Gate entre na entrada. Tudo pode acontecer. Eu não tenho que mandar nada de recado pro Dust Gate não. Ele é um cara é um grande lutador, é um cara que merece todo o respeito do mundo. Fez uma grande história. Eu não tenho que mandar recado para ninguém. Eu respeito esse cara. Oh, man, you know, you, you know that I'm not the type of guy to be sending messages out there. I just do my thing. I make it happen. So, um, <laughs> listen, uh, everybody's campaigning. Everybody's just trying to to, to put themselves in the, in the, into that context there and insert themselves and just sell a fight. Um, uh, listen, uh, even Islam says that he might want to move up in weight. So why not? Maybe the, uh, the UFC will put to somebody to fight for the interim belt and maybe uh, Gage should be could be coming up to that situation so uh, uh, Gage has had a great history great fighter great guy uh, made a lot of history in this, with, with this organization but I, I'm not one to be sending messages out there I don't need to fair enough he is Charles de Bronx Uh, the name has a champion, as he once said, or excuse me, the champion has a name. I screwed that up. Uh, good on me for that. Uh, can, can you say to him, uh, Feliz Cumpliano, I think it is. Happy birthday. Last week was his Aniversario. Birthday. Aniversario. Ah, aniversário. 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 Uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, and, and God bless you for all of you. Thank you. Obrigado. Thank you so much, Charles. Talk to you later. Thank you, my Obrigado, brother. Okay. Get well soon. Oh, Fabiano. 
What a legend you are, my friend. This was one of the most stressful hours of my life doing this show. I mean, you have no idea what was going on. You were cool as a cucumber. I'm screwing up quotes. I'm sweating. I'm sweating like a whore in church, like they say. You know what I mean? I'm sweating like crazy, but you're a freaking legend. You you carried me, Fabiana. You carried me throughout that whole hour. I just want you to know. Oh, stop. You carried me. Stop. Thank God for you. I don't know if Luciana could have carried me like that. I mean, thank God it was you in there. Don't tell her I said that, okay? Please. I mean, uh, Luciana is just on a roll right now. Before when she found out that I was doing this, oh, she's no. like, "Because uh, you should give me content." So uh, this is the level of humor that you're dealing with. I just wanted to just kind of like. So she said, "You know uh, that the Flintstones didn't like Dubai because I'm here." And she goes, "Yeah, but the people of Abu Dhabi do." Wow, that's a good the one. Dubai didn't like the Flintstones. Yeah, yes, the, yes. The Dubai didn't like Abu Dhabi do, but the people of Abu Dhabi do. So that's the level. This is the maturity okay. that you're dealing with here. So I just wanted to let you know that no, yeah, someone may look like that, then others got the dad jokes. So yeah. it's going to be great. I love it. I, I wish you the best. I love it. And uh, thank you so much. Really appreciate it. You're so good. It's so, it's so fascinating. It's such a pleasure to watch you work, to see how you listen and how you internal. It's really a pleasure. I'm glad this worked out. Honestly, it couldn't have worked out better. We got to chat. We got to learn more about you. And then we got Charles join us. Uh, it was fantastic. So thank you. I know it's getting late over there in Dubai. So uh, be well, my friend. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. And we'd love to have you back on anytime. You're always welcome here. Thank you for the opportunity. It's been a pleasure. Uh, again, for a long-time listener, first-time translator. <laughs> thank you. All the best to you, Fabiana. Take care. What a legend. Fabiana I- Busque. I mean, he saved my ass on that one. I'm sweating so much right now. Uh, I need a nap, guys. Need some more water? Yeah. I, I, I screwed up the line. I even yeah, screwed yeah, the, 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 the name has, the a, name champion. has a champion. Oh. Yeah, those. <laughs> Earlier, um, before the show, yes. Connor said, the star has a sport. <laughs> and I tried to correct him, and he was like, well, the star has a sport. I'm like, Connor, listen to what you're saying. So it's just in the air. What, what was that in reference to? Oh. I don't think we can share that. Oh, okay. I mean, we got it done. We got it done. <laughs> we did. Dude, we're over here dialing out to that number, and we're getting uh, menus in Portuguese, trying to figure out what, uh, what's going on. Uh, yeah, it was stressful times back here. That was. Uh, can you was see nice. this? Like, yeah, you can squeeze you, them together. Yeah. 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 No, can you, you see probably... how much I'm sweating? Yeah. Yeah, that was frantic. We're we're trying to download WhatsApp onto the computer. It was. Uh, how did we do that? By the way, was it WhatsApp? Maybe WhatsApp on downloaded onto the PC, put out over the board, and uh, just to like Good really job. break the really break the fourth wall. I mean, shout out to Frankie. We couldn't tell if if Charles could hear us or not. Just, <laughs> That's why just, you had to jump in. Yeah, and he just put him on the air. <laughs> And luckily it worked out. Luckily, it worked Yo, out. That that's what I was wondering why Frank just like barged right in there. Yeah, because yeah. we had him, but we just didn't know because obviously you know the language barrier makes things ten x more difficult. Yeah. Oh, we got. Him. I need a cigarette or something. I don't. I never put a cigarette to my lips. I need a freaking. Because does someone have an edible for me or something? I need to wow. go to a different place, a different post show. Post show, we will. Uh, post show edible party. Wow, I didn't know. I'm down. I'm down. Oh my gosh. The problem is, uh, like Fabiano's so nice that I was just like, I, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to waste his time, you know. I'm sure he was happy to talk and everything, but, and I'm trying to listen and text with his, with his PR. Let me just thank her here. Uh, oh God, Dang. take your time. 
Oh man, is could we go to a commercial break? Do we have something? Uh, I mean, I uh, could we just... have all the Charles Oliveira B roll you could ever dream of. If you want to just go to that, you know, just uh, a, a nice little slideshow. Anyone have an e cig for me? I mean, golly, wow. I think there's some prime in the back. Uh, you know, the perfect uh, way to 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 rebound from something like that is Tommy Aspinall, who will be joining us in five minutes' time. The uh, aforementioned, yeah. Let me just listen to that for a moment. Can we listen? Can we go full on that? Can we go full on that? I don't know. Full sound, sound up, track. Oh my gosh, that was stressful. We haven't had one of those in a while, huh? I don't know what you guys are all tripping about. We were fine. Yo, you did a great job. So you downloaded WhatsApp onto the computer there? <laughs> Yo, was, yeah. what was that's the problem? When, that's when we found out that it was a WhatsApp number that we you were calling. You sent the second screenshot. Your phone was like, it's a WhatsApp number. I'm like, yeah, that's so, why. So oh, that, is it, it, was, it, it, was, it was... Your first screenshot made it look like it was one of your Apple uh contacts well i don't know what it is it's just well, no, so we were di- we were dialing it on the phone and we were getting an error message in portuguese that was probably like yo this is a whatsapp number you dumbass but obviously we can't we can't understand i didn't know that there that were some numbers that were strictly exclusively whatsapp i believe no, this one know. was wow because then it worked once we got whatsapp cooking oh my god well you know what silver lining Good to know that we can make calls via no, that's WhatsApp. What that's what we said back yeah. here. We all, we all had a big high five, a big video. kumbaya. We were like a nice learn. You either lose or you learn. Yes. Nope. You either win or you win learn. Win or learn, yeah. yeah. We, learn, we learned it. That was, almost, that was almost as bad as champion. I, no, I think that was actually worse. <laughs> the name as a champion. Um, wait a second. You could do WhatsApp video too? Yeah. I know you could do that on your phone, but like, well, we actually, just need a little bit more notice. To get yeah, we, we actually got to figure out the WhatsApp video because we tried it and it, it failed miserably. So, we then, just so we, you're telling me we could have done... We could have done no. uh, Charles. Okay, no. No, 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 no. We tried to do the video I know, and it I know. failed miserably, so we just had to go I video. Mean, Ten more minutes, we could have figured it out. Ten more minutes. You're telling me we could have had Charles the show, on. We could have figured that out. No, it's okay. Uh, I feel pretty good about how this all turned out. Uh, by the way, those asking about Mike Breeden, we haven't forgotten about him. He'll join us on an episode next week. Just kidding. He'll be on at 3.30. Uh, we appreciate him. I would have uh, left. You would have left. I know. Yeah. He was the guy that you were most looking forward to. Uh, he will join us at 3.30 because... Uh, well, he was supposed to be on at two thirty, and then Charles joined us at two thirty. So technically, w- by the way, when you do the uh, when you do the uh, the title for this, Frank, you got to put Fabiano's name in there. That was oh, a f- for sure. That was a full thirty minute interview right there. It was going to be Fabiano <laughs> at all. Yeah, <laughs> Fabiano and friends. Um, appreciate it very much. Wow. Oh wait, I got something here. Wow. Okay, there's a lot of there's a lot going on. What? No more curveballs, please. Um, but, but you mind? Oh, there's just a lot going on. There's a lot going on. My wife is. Uh, what is going on here? Let's go real quickly to this commercial break. Uh, Do you need one? No. Uh, okay, in a second, we're going to be joined by uh, Tom Aspinall. It's boots and pants and oh i didn't realize tom was ready i was trying to buy time all right there we go uh we woke up this morning or at least i did to the news that our very own yes our very own tommy aspinall
is actually going to be fighting in MSG. Remember when I told you he should have been fighting at MSG against Sergey Pavlovich? Well, guess what? It's happening. Interim heavyweight title fight. Johnny Bones out. Stipe out. It's now the pride of England. Tommy Aspinall going up against the Russian bear himself, Sergey Pavlovich, for the interim heavyweight title. And Tom said, I will take the fight, but I got to go on Helwani to talk about it all. And so here he is. Always a man of his word. Hello, Tom. How are you? I, I was doing good. Until I just heard you do that rapping, it wasted like 30 seconds of my life. I'm oh, never going to get by. Please sorry. do that online again. Sorry. Do it in your own time, please. That's sorry. ridiculous. Oh, my goodness. Sorry, sorry. I was trying to buy time because I didn't see the message that you were ready. So I was trying to slow down. We just had a whole mess of a situation trying to find Charles Oliveira. So I'm happy that you are here and uh, and, and on time and ready to go. Uh, okay, this is so fascinating. Char- uh, okay, Ooh, Tom, where are you? What time is it? How does this happen? How do you get the message? Can you can you relive the moment for us? Oh, about the fight? Yes. Not right now. No. About the fight. Talking <laughs> about. Okay. All right. So today is Wednesday evening. Yesterday morning, Tuesday morning. Um, Tuesday morning. So, what time approximately? Yeah. Six a.m. Okay. Six a.m. So let let me just set the scene for you a little bit. Please. I'll set the scene a little bit. Love I'll it, take love you to my personal life. I'll okay. take you to my personal life that not many people go there. So uh I have three children, right? And uh when a child gets in bed with us, my children are young, so sometimes you know they still come to the bed and stuff. I can't sleep, man. I'm a big guy, I get hot in there. So every time a child comes to the bed, I go to the spare room. That's my thing. Then when I go to the spare room, usually in the morning. When the kid's awake, my wife calls me, I wake up, I take the kids downstairs, she gets ready, we start the day. That's how, that's how it's always been, for seven years now, that's how it's been. So anyway, uh, it's 6am, I'm sleeping, my phone starts ringing, vibrating, I've always got it on vibrate, and uh, automatically I just wake up and think that my kid's up, that, that, that's what it is like every time I'm in the spare room. So I wake up, I walk to the landing, there's no kid there, it's pitch black. So I check in the kids' rooms. The kids are asleep. My wife's asleep. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Who's calling me at 6 a.m.? So I check the phone, and it's the UFC brass calling me at 6 a.m. And let me tell you, I don't know. I can't speak for the other fighters, but for me personally, I've never, ever had a direct phone call from the UFC brass before. So I'm thinking, what is going on? So I thought, oh, man, it's 6 a.m. I'm tired. I'm going training at 10. I'm going to get some, sleep. I'm going to get some more sleep. So uh, I thought, right, I'm just going to sleep. Obviously, I can't sleep. There's a million things going through in my mind. So I think, right, I'm going to have to call them back. So I call back. Uh, they don't even they don't even say hello. He just answered the phone. And he just said, "I know it's early there. Are you healthy?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm healthy. Why? What's going on?" And they're like, "We'd be ready to fight in two weeks." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'll be ready to fight in two weeks." And I said, "Why? What? What's happened?" And they said, there's some crazy shit going on for this New York card. Um, I'll let you know tomorrow. And that's it. Wow. I don't hear anything else. I don't hear anything else. So, obviously, it's played on my mind all day. I go on train. That's it? I nothing nothing else? Stuff. Literally nothing else? Well, I'm, I'm getting to it. Okay. Getting so, to it. No, no, I mean in whole, that phone call. Thing. Oh, it's a, great, it's a great story. No, that's it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Literally, yeah. 40, 50 second phone call. That was it. Wow. He's like, I won't keep you. I know it's early. You get some sleep. I'm like, fucking, how am I supposed to sleep now? Do you know what I mean? Anyway, full day goes by. 
not heard anything, so I go I go to sleep. Anyway, four a.m. UK time, the phone rings again. It's the UFC brass again. Wait, that, and now now it's four a.m. Wednesday morning. This this morning, this yeah, morning. Wednesday morning. Wow. Yeah. Okay. This okay. morning. Yes. Four a.m. I answer the phone. Obviously, I'm I'm groggy as hell. I'm like, oh. And he's like, oh, shit, I woke you up again, didn't I? I was like, yep, it's 4 a.m. What's going on? And he's like, listen, Jones has injured his shoulder. He's going to be out for like a year. Stipe only wants to fight Jones. You and Pavlovich for the for the interim title. I'm like, I'm in. That's it. No contracts, talk. No, I'm not asking for more money. I'm not asking for more time. I'm in. This is my uh, this is my chance. So, all roads lead to the eleventh of November in New York City. Wow. Okay, this is an incredible story and an incredible turn of events. Can I ask why didn't you negotiate just a little something like, hey, I I want this, but it is two weeks, not a full training camp. Why did you just say I'm in? Well. That's going to get negotiated. Don't worry about that. Okay, like, okay. That's, going, that's coming. Okay. They, they said at the end, don't worry, we're going to renegotiate the contract. I'm, new, I'm due a new contract anyway. But at this point, what's important to me is, mate, you got to remember Sergei Pavlovich, in my opinion, most dangerous man in the UFC. I'm not sugarcoating it. I'm on two weeks' notice. I'm on a two-week training camp. This is the most dangerous guy in the worst situation that I can possibly be in. And I'm not interested, mate. I believe in myself. I think I can beat him. I've been matched up against him twice before. I'm hungry to get the heavyweight title, so I'm in. Uh, what kind of shape are you in? Have you been training? Do you feel, or is this like literally two weeks you've been on holiday? No, I've not been on holiday. I always stay in the gym, but uh, obviously if I if I knew that I had a world title fight coming up, I would be in better shape than I am right now. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm making no excuses, mate. Do you know what I mean? I'm a professional fighter. I should be ready at any time, which I am. I'm not I'm not miles away, but I would have already put in like an eight-week training camp already if I knew that I was fighting, you know, one of the best guys in the UFC. How do you feel about your weight? By the way, yes. is my, is my uh, Wi-Fi okay? Yeah, it's been yeah. fantastic. Okay, good, good. You just look a bit. You're a bit. You look a bit confused. No, I, I'm just taking this all in. Why well, look confused? Okay. I'm just trying to. Pro this. I mean, it's a gigantic moment in your life, uh, and in the sport. Okay, no, no. I'm just taking it all in. I'm sorry if I look confused. Gosh, I need to work on that. Um, so, so what about your weight? How do you feel about it? Oh, my weight. Well, I'm a heavyweight, so I, I'm not overweight. Do you know what I mean? I'm I'm always around around about the same weight anyway. So, yeah, the weight's fine. The weight's not an issue. Okay. Um, that is good to hear. Now, could I ask you this? I strongly feel like this should be for the the title, the undisputed title. If John Jones is out for eight months, if he's out for nine months, ten months, that means that his next fight will be well over a year after his first fight back in March of this year against Cyril Gunn. We have seen situations, i.e. Yuri Prochaska, who's fighting on the same card, you know, it, it will be 11 months in between fights for him, and he was stripped of the belt, and that, you know, next fight was for the vacant title. Why isn't this for the vacant title? I do agree with you. I don't have, I don't have any argument on that, Ariel, to be honest. I completely agree. Um, it's going to be a while, mate, before he comes back, so yeah. maybe they might 
make the winner the vacant title down, sorry the the actual champion down the line or something but mate I'm treating this uh, regardless of titles and everything I honestly think that Sergei Pavlovich is the most dangerous man in the UFC I truly believe that so uh, irrelevant of all that other stuff like I'm fighting the most dangerous guy in the UFC and I'm taking it very very serious I feel like we should campaign for this though because it, it does make it a little bit more prestigious right undisputed title versus interim title and and then the, I heard them say like oh and then we'll rebook Jones and Stipe but isn't that confusing the interim champion should be getting the crack at the undisputed champion if they book Jones and Stipe let's say next summer that means the winner of this fight isn't fighting until next December or so or like it, it, it creates a whole big confusion, does it not? I see what you mean, but I've not even considered that kind of stuff yet. Okay. Do you know what I mean? The first, my first thoughts are, mate, I need to get to the gym three times a day. I need to work out my travel. I need to do all this other stuff that I've not done and I'm nowhere near done in a really short period of time. So I'm just trying to figure that shit out first before I even think about that kind of other stuff. Fair enough. Um, was he the backup fighter for this? He this... was, so he's prepared. Okay, how, he's do you, prepared. how do you feel about that? He he is presumably training and has been training for a few months. You are literally going into this on two weeks' notice. How do you feel about that? I feel like I have some absolutely ginormous cojones. Yes, is that what I feel like? You do. To be honest with you. Uh, because but you know, you know just like I know, maybe some of the fans, people watching this don't know, there's a lot of people who give it the big time in the media and stuff. And they're dodging fights, mate, left and right. You know, look at Stipe. Stipe didn't want this fight. Stipe didn't want the fight. He's the greatest heavyweight of all time. Stipe didn't want the fight with Pavlovich. Pavlovich is the backup fighter. So, um, and there's plenty of other people, mate, dodging uh, dodging Pavlovich as well. And, you know, I'm stepping up, mate. Two weeks notice, I'm doing stuff that no one else will dare to do. I'm daring to be great. And uh, I, I was watching the David Goggins video. You've seen it when he's on the bench press and he's just screaming, they don't know me, son. They don't know me, son. That's how I feel right now. Like, all the doubters are going to see. Two weeks notice, doesn't matter. Dead, most dangerous man in the UFC. They don't know me. They don't know me. And we'll see. We'll see what goes on. Are you surprised Stipe wasn't interested? No, no, absolutely not. I think he's earned that right, to be honest. I think um, Pavlovich is an awful fight for Stipe. I think he's an awful player him. So um, I understand. I understand why people are dodging Pavlovich. The guy's an absolute beast. He's an absolute machine. And uh, I completely understand. The wild thing about this is we just saw this with Volkanovsky, right? Did what happened to him enter your mind at all? Did it give you any pause because we just saw it last weekend? We saw it last weekend, but what about my guy, Ariel? Which one? Michael Bisping. Come on. The legend, yes. Two and a half weeks' notice. That's right. Two and a half weeks' notice to the day Mike Bispin went in there and took it from Luke Rockhold on two and a half weeks' notice, exactly the same day as I got the fight. I mean, that's something to me. That's something to talk about, isn't it? Two UK guys. Mike's my really, really close friend as well. He's my mentor. I look up to him so much for so many years now. And, you know, I'm, I'm privileged enough to call Mike a friend as well. He's not just a guy I look up to. And, you know, he did it on two, two and a half weeks' notice. Why can't I do it? It's a great point. Have you heard from Michael since this came out? Yes, I have. Yes, of course. Can I ask what, what he may have said? Any words of wisdom, any tips, anything like that? Anything you could share? He told me to believe in myself. And he told me that it's not about two and a half weeks. It's about 
the last 10, 15 years of your life that you've been putting in. You know, the, the, the time scale is irrelevant. I've been putting the putting the hard miles in this shit for years before anyone believed in me. Um, you know, there was a time that me and my father used to train together, just us in my dad's garage. You know what I mean? For all them years, so many years I've been traveling. You know, I used to go to Liverpool, which is really far from my house for years. We couldn't even afford to put petrol in the in the car and all, all kinds of stuff, mate. I've been I've put in some serious hard yards and sacrifice into this sport. And this is not about two and a half weeks, mate. This is about the last 15 years of my life. And uh, I'm ready to show that, man. I love, what was your dad's reaction when you told him about this? He's happy. He's happy about it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, me and Pavlovich have been matched up twice before, so right. he's not. Uh, he's not someone brand new. Do you know what I mean? We've been through two, two training camps for him already. So, um, and I think he's improved since then, as have I, obviously. And you know, a couple of years ago now, and yeah, everyone's happy, man. I, I've been doing really, really good stuff in the gym as well over the last couple of months. I feel like I've made some big improvements mentally and physically. So, it's my time, man. It's my time, and I'm happy about it. Uh, could I ask, what was your reaction when you told your wife about this? Uh, I would assume you waited for her to wake up because you got the call at 4 a.m., or did you wake her up at 4 a.m. to tell her the news? Well, <laughs> let me tell you about this. She is actually on vacation right now. Oh. And I was supposed to be on vacation right now. <laughs> so you're alone? We were leaving, to, uh, we were leaving yesterday. I'm alone now, yeah. Oh. I don't have the wife and kids here, yeah. <laughs> so, uh we were supposed to leave uh, yesterday, and they left, and uh, I'm alone. Yeah. Wow. So you're missing out. So you you weren't on holiday, but you were just about to go on holiday. Just about to go. Just about to go. Oh exactly. Yeah. Good trip. Is this? Are you bummed that you're missing it? Yeah. 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 My, my wife's so sick of it. Honestly, like every time, uh, every time we have a holiday book, she's like. Something happens, something comes in the way, and I can't make it, or I make it for less time than I should have done, or whatever. And she's just sick of it. <laughs> she's absolutely sick of it. But what can you do? This is the this is the absolute chance of a lifetime. So I got to go for it. Uh, at least you weren't actually on holiday, right? Like at least you weren't like a day in drinking a pina colada, and then they call you. At least you didn't have to get on that plane, right? And then that's true. Back. That's very true. That's very true. Yes. Um, and just a couple more, and then I'll let you go. Can I ask you this, Tom? Why weren't you on this card to begin with? Uh, I, I made the case a few months ago, put Sergey and Tom on this card, number one contender fight, have them be aligned with the belt. Like, Why did that not ever come to fruition, or was it close to coming to fruition? Oh, I guess I can speak about it now, really. Please. I guess. Oh, I, was, okay. I, sworn to, I was sworn to secrecy a little bit. No, no, no. Um, so I think the, the original plan was kind of, Obviously, them two guys are going to fight, and Sergey's going to be the, the backup. And then, they, I think they were kind of under the impression that both guys are going to retire afterwards, and they were going to kind of see how that played out a little bit. Oh. Uh, and if that, and if that didn't happen, sorry, if if they were both going to retire, then I was going to fight uh, Pavlovich for the vacant title anyway, like early next year anyway. So. I think they were just kind of going to see what happens after this after this card anyway. So, yeah, it was just a big waiting game for me. But luckily, I stayed in the gym a little bit. You know, I don't, I'm I'm a professional athlete. I take it very seriously. So I'm always in the gym anyway. But like I say, my intensity hasn't been there as as if I was training for a fight. But I'm not too far away. Okay. Were you planning on coming to New York? Yes, I was coming. In fact, I was coming. 
In fact, we had talked about you coming in studio. Does this now mean you're not going to come in studio? I mean, I th- that was the first thing I thought of. I was like, wow, does this mean that Tom's not coming in anymore or what? I mean, still would be nice. Uh, I don't know. It would be I, nice. Am I still invited? Yeah, are you still invited? You're invited. <laughs> I tried to track uh, you maybe, down yeah, when, when I was in Manchester. I was asking everyone, where's Tom Aspinall's house? And uh, I No, could, you wasn't. That was cr- just crazy. I was looking yeah. everywhere for you. You absolutely wasn't, and I was expecting an invite for something, but I was I was left hanging. Mm. I was left hanging, to be honest. I was free all that week. You yeah. know, I didn't have a fight at the time. I could have been <laughs> chilling. I could have been drinking and all kinds. And no, no, you're too busy for me. Mm. Too busy for me. I understand. No, never, never. Well, I'd love to have you in. Uh, this is very exciting. In fact, Tom, I want to let you know that about an hour or so ago, uh, we spoke to your good friend, your old friend, the Gypsy King, Tyson Fury, and he was well aware of the news. Uh, and in fact, he uh, he spoke a bit about the news, and I just want to uh, share his uh, his thoughts with you and get your reaction to what Tyson Fury said. Here's Tyson Fury about 90 minutes ago talking about his good friend, Tom Aspinall. I've always said since um, Tom started in the UFC, I've always said he, he's capable of winning the heavyweight championship of the world. And, and this is his opportunity to go there, seize it with both hands, and immortality awaits. Immortality awaits, Tom. From a man who knows a thing or two about that, he spoke uh, a little longer about your situation as well. In fact, he brought it up. I was wondering if he knew, because I know he's busy over there. He brought it up. He was well aware of what you're going through and what you are uh, embarking on. And, and just curious, your your reaction to that quick clip from Tyson. Yeah, that's amazing. I have so much respect for Tyson. And his whole family, do you know what I mean? They don't, his whole family is just awesome. Like, everybody's so, so cool. And yeah, I remember a time when I used to be going go inspiring him in the boxing gym and, you know, I was really struggling for money at the time and Tyson was obviously doing well for himself and I remember saying, oh, I want to, I want to take this fight but they don't, it was kind of a tough fight at the time and they don't want to pay me, like they didn't want to pay me anything to be on the card, like they literally wanted me to fight for free on the show and the guy who I was fighting was quite good. It's like, oh, I want to fight but I don't want to sacrifice everything for, for nothing and put a full training camp in. And I remember Tyson just being like, I'll pay you. Don't worry about it. Like if you, if you take the fight, I'll pay you for it. Wow. And it didn't, it never, it never actually came to that. Uh, I think the fight got canceled or something, but uh, at the time I was like a young 21, 22 year old, just trying to like get by in the sport. And that really meant a lot to me at the time. He probably doesn't even remember it, but I remember him saying, listen, if you want to fight, don't worry about money. I'll pay you. Wow. So I still appreciate that probably like 10 years later now. That's incredible. Um, I'm assuming you'll be watching on Saturday. How do you think he does? Oh, of course. Of course I'll be watching. I mean, I can't see Tyson losing it. Absolutely no chance. We've seen him be hit with big shots before. We've seen him go down before. So, you know, he is a little bit battle-worn at this point in his career. You know, he's getting a little bit older now and stuff. But the guy's skill level is... It's on a different universe to to Francis Ngannou. Let's be honest. Let's let's be completely honest here. The, the chances of Francis Ngannou winning a a very 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 slim puncher's chance. Even though in a way, you know, Tyson's Tyson's my guy. Uh, he's been my guy for a long time. I I kind of want to see Ngannou do well in the fight. You know what I mean? <laughs> Just because 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 of his story and I like him and. And obviously, I'm not saying I want Tyson to lose, but just to put up a decent performance just for himself yeah, to yeah, be yeah. like, listen, 
and this is what I've been through, and this is where I am now. And show it, it'd be a bit a lot of motivation for a lot of people. I'm sure if you did if you did all right in the fight, because a lot of people think it's going to be a one sided affair, which I think as well. Do you know what I mean? But. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Francis Ngannou as well. I don't know him personally, but uh, I followed his story as has everybody else in the MMA community. And I really like what he's all about. But if you're asking me a prediction, I think Tyson's going to absolutely screw him. What about November 11th? Aspinall, Pavlovich, how do you, in your mind now, how do you foresee it playing out? I think it's going to be a tough fight. I think it's going to be a tough fight for both of us. I think uh, you got to remember me and Pavlovich, I've got the the quickest, the shortest fight time average in the UFC, and he has the second shortest fight time average wow. in the UFC. It's wild. Wow. Uh, we're both very explosive finishers, both of us. I think um, I have more finishes from more positions. He obviously has a lot, a lot of power in his hands, um, but it's going to be a finish. It's going to be a finish, and I think I'm a lot smarter. I think my fight IQ is a lot better than a lot of the guys he's already fought, and I'm not going to stand in front of him and have a trade-off because it's basically suicide if you do that with him. He's an absolute ginormous puncher, and I'm going to use my brain to win the fight, and I'm going to outsmart him. Nervous? Of course. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not insane. Of course I'm nervous. Of course I am. Like, I'm taking the hardest fight in the worst worst possible situation that I could have. But I think it's just to... Uh, I feel like this is my story and this is the way it's going to go down. And all the roads have led to here right now and I can't let it slip away. I feel like, yeah, they don't know me. They don't know me like I know myself and I believe in myself and... Sooner, sooner or later, whether it be this fight or whatever, everyone's going to start believing in me too. Well, I'm delighted for you, my friend. Uh, what news? Incredible. Remember I said just a few months ago, this is the, for me, most anticipated fight that the UFC can make. A non-title fight. There was no fight that I wanted to see more, and I thought that they should have made it for this card. And so to see it come together like this, there is a part of me that wishes you had a full training camp, but this adds to the, the legacy, to the story. And considering where you were last July and, and how, and how, you know, heartbreaking that was. And now here we are, what, like 15 months later, and you're on the cusp of pulling off an incredible victory, which should be for the undisputed title. If you ask me, but no one cares in my opinion, who cares? We could deal about the deal with all that later. It's an unbelievable thing. And I give you a ton of props for accepting it, for going in there. And I wish you nothing but the best, my friend. And, and do me a favor. If you could just maybe, do your return flight on Tuesday. You come in with the interim title on the Monday after. It would be nice. I mean, I feel like it would be fitting. You come in, you know, on the Monday after with the bell. You put it right here. We have a nice little celebration. What do you say? We'll see what I can do. We'll see what I can do. But uh, listen, short notice. Not the best circumstances, but if my man Michael Bisping can do it, I can do it as well. Amen. And I'm sure Michael will tell you that. Amen. Uh, wish you the best, Tom. Thank you so much. Good luck to you. Uh, can't wait for it. Get her done, my friend. Thank, Thank you, you so much. I'll speak to you soon. All right, there he is. <sighs> Tommy Aspinall, what a fight. That's the one. That's the one. Incredible that the UFC has been able to pull Tom Aspinall and Sergei Pavlovich out of their hat. And then they're able to pull Volkanovsky and Islam a week ago out of their hat. And 
there's a part of me that's like, this is incredible and should be celebrated. There's also a part of me that's like, you know, you want these amazing fights to be under the best circumstances possible. You want, you know, you want these guys to have full training camps and whatnot, but this is just what makes them different, right? This is just what makes these MMA fighters different. It would never happen. Like I was talking to someone about this. If, uh, you know, if Crawford Spence fell through, if one of them got injured, no one was, no, no, like they don't even think to replace it. It's just a different mentality. It's a different sport. I'm not necessarily saying that one is good and one is bad, but it's just a completely different thing. And so here we have a situation for the second straight pay-per-view. Massive fight falls through. Of course, at 294, there were two massive fights that fell through. And, uh, and, and you know, lemonade out of lemons. I do strongly feel, though, and we'll talk about this in about 30 minutes when we get to On the Nose, I do strongly feel that this should be for the undisputed title, for the vacant title. Because the truth is, this is not a knock on, on, on John or Stipe or anyone else. If he, if he is really back after eight months, if that is really the case, even if it's six months, if it's six months from now, that will still be a year after. Like, I, I believe that if you don't defend the title for a year or can't, if we know already that you won't make it within a year, then, you know, you get the next crack and uh, the division moves along. And it's just there's, there's no real rhyme or reason to it. Like I said, Yuri Prochaska is fighting on this same card, blew out his shoulder in December. He's returning in November. That's 11 months. And according to him, he could have come back a little bit sooner, too. It's just the way the uh, the cookie crumbled. They stripped him, you know? And so I feel like uh, they, you know, they could have made this for the undisputed title and then had the winner. Because, again, as I just said to Tom, if, in fact, the plan is to do John versus Stipe, and I don't know what they said to Stipe. I, I, I've reached out. They're not speaking at the moment. I can't imagine he's too thrilled he hasn't fought in quite some time, and uh, Lord knows this was going to be a big payday for him. But if the, if they really want to do John versus Stipe, and and let's say that's in eight months, eight months, let's say eight months, and and I feel like eight months is being optimistic, but let's say it is eight months. That's June or end of June, probably International Fight Week, right? Uh, there's usually not a pay per view end of June. Well, then the winner of the interim title fight on November 10th is only going to be able to fight in December, January again. How does that make sense? And usually when you make an interim fight, I mean, there was a situation like this with Bisping and GSP where Robert Whitaker won the interim belt and then Bisping and GSP ended up fighting for the undisputed title, coincidentally at Madison Square Garden. Uh, it just makes things very clunky. So if you would have made this fight for the undisputed title, winner of this fight fights John Jones. And if CPA wants to come back at this point, but like it might just be one of those, or, or, or you know what? Actually, it could be the opposite. Maybe this is for the undisputed title and then Stipe fights that guy. And, you know, if he wins, then he fights John Jones. I get the Jones component is probably more appealing than the title component at this point because he's never fought Jones and he's won belts before. It's just very clunky at this point, making it an interim belt fight when you still want to do John and Stipe for the actual belt sometime next summer. What happens to the guy who wins this belt? They'll figure it out, but uh, my vote would have been interim title. What about 
uh, not interim, undisputed title. What about um, Aspinall saying that I had a confused look on my face and he thought the Wi-Fi, what, what is that all about? <clears throat> I don't know. The chat said you were still struggling with the... Uh, you think I was still struggling? What's that debacle? Yeah, with the, with the Olivera gate. It felt like I was off? No, 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 not off. Just like, I mean, you have the look on your face right now. You look a little... I'm confused. Yeah, you looked confused. Squinting a bit. Listen, I don't know if there's a show on the planet that has to go through all of that in real time with no break to catch your breath. I mean, a little bit, you know, a little sympathy would go a long way, right? Like, this is... Seriously, is there a show on the planet that goes through something like this? I don't know. Tell me. Tell me one. No break? Oh, one let's... on Rachel Maddow once where they had to let a congresswoman go because they couldn't get their shit together. But did they get to go to a commercial? They go to uh, they go to commercial to, to they, catch they, their breath. Yeah. They usually point. say... We have you um, rapping. We don't need commercials. <sighs> the name has a champ. God. Name has a champ. Yeah. 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 Oh, Felice Cupiano. That was a good yeah, speaking Cupiano Spanish. Is Spanish. <laughs> what, what, what? <laughs> Portuguese, Spanish. Right. Well, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of crossover, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It there felt like a for a second bit. you were going at us. You were like, uh, "What? You're usually more professional." Yeah, like, so that's we, the most we, professional. We thought that was do. a dig for a second. Which which, I, which I'm which on the phone time? with WhatsApp Portuguese. What's you? What's when did I say usually more professional? What did I say? You, you, you said it several times. To, to oh, to like, we usually have our shit together. But yeah, look, it's Fabiano. He's excited to be on. I mean, imagine you're on the Tonight Show, and all of a sudden they can't get the guest. I mean, first impression, best impression, no? I thought that was a good impression. You guys got to chit chat for a while, and then we still no, got Charles. I know, but I'm. Um, and I mean, Fabiano showed out. Uh, he's. He, you know who wasn't stressed out? Who? Charles. Charles was just. He was just even keel. The name is a champ. Um, you lose or you learn. <laughs> I mean, we're just killing it today. <laughs> oh my God! You know. And we still got Mike Breeden in on the nose. Oh uh, yeah. Stack. And the picks. Oh, and the Parlay Boys. Oh, yeah, yeah, we, we do have to break some news here. Uh, no Uh-oh. Parlay Boys this week. Oh, wow. Thanks for telling me. <laughs> why is that? Why? Why? Francis and uh, Tyson not big enough? Yo, we need we need to make four picks. I mean, I have a pick. We could get props involved. Not that I would be in this week. Uh, wow. Yeah, I already told Pena to, to take the week off. We'll be back next week for... for you told her? Off. Yeah. She asked, actually. That's, that's how committed she is. Serious? She asked yes. first? She asked last night. She said, we doing picks this week? I said, wow. That is Take amazing. the week off, champ. Wow. Back for Sao Paulo. Okay, fine. No picks. Less work for me. I do have a couple bets. Though. Oh. Wait, so why? Bets on what? Francis and uh, Tyson? Yeah, and uh, someone on Serrano fight, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a Serrano fight. Uh, I think this is like a minus 2,000. Who, who, who? Yeah, but you could, you could, uh, you could get oh. some prop action in there, no? Mm, Whose decision was this? Who's only decision? do one from each from each fight sure it's a good week to take the weekend off we'll be back next week could you, you could sprinkle a little CFB in there you know a little NBA no alright uh, Money Mike Breeden is coming up uh, big win for him this past Saturday uh, was down two rounds to none third round commences and all of a sudden he's yelling he's barking he's uh He's freaking intimidating, Ancho Jubli. And then he knocks him out. Incredible. His first win in the UFC, he was uh, 0-3 going into that fight, perhaps fighting for his career, certainly in the UFC, back against the wall, down two rounds to none. 
and he freaking pulls it off. Had a nasty cut above his eye. Did you guys see that cut? That was incredible. I think we have a photo of the cut. I mean, like the thing was just like hanging. At one point, weighed over 300 pounds. I mean, look at that thing. This is like a piece of his eye. It's just like hanging. Ah! <laughs> what is good? It's just hanging. Do you think it would have been better to just rip it off? Yeah, I don't know. Did you just say at one point he weighed over 300 pounds? Yes. Mike Breeden? Mike Breeden at one point not too long ago weighed over 300 pounds. What? Yes, they actually told this story on the broadcast. Uh, he weighed over three bills, and I think it was his girlfriend that told him. I think one time his pants split, and his girlfriend said, it's time. He's 5'10". I know. 300? That's what they said. Now he's in incredible shape. That seems unbelievable. I know. He doesn't even have like the loose skin or anything like that. Are you calling BS on the 300 pounds? I mean, look at the guy right here. Yeah, he's cut. We're saying this guy was 300 pounds just like a few years ago. He's in incredible shape. Uh, Afterwards, I think he said he was battling a staph infection as well. He did miss weight, unfortunately. Uh, We'll talk to him about that. There's a lot to talk to him about. And uh, I do believe that he also works as a construction worker. Something just like flashed in the studio here. Is there... Going on. I don't know. Let's just keep it rolling, man. There's a lot of shit going on. A little electrocution there, I mean, anyone. People say, what a crazy Wednesday show. I just say it's Wednesday, you know? Uh, it's just Wednesday around these parts. You know, that's what we do. Aspen a little non-committal when it came to coming in studio. Did you guys feel the same? Listen, I think he's got big things to worry yeah. about. He'll get the dub, bring You don't the think him coming in was top of mind? No. No, no, no. Big things to focus on. I think it would have been had he not had the fight. I think it would have been here on that. Sure. You know, for sure but uh, um see monday monday after right yeah uh i could say we haven't announced any of the guests for the live show but i can tell you aspinall was on the list we're having a live show yeah november 10th aspinall was on the list no more imagine he shows up on the friday before night before be crazy anyway without further ask? ado uh no i'm not gonna ask um, you can ask him. You have his phone number. You can ask him on, on my behalf. Uh, let's Did talk to Mike Breeden, who had that massive win on Saturday. He joins us now via the Magic of Zoom. Hey, Mike. Hey, what's going on? First time, you know, we were just talking about first impressions. You come on my show with a Kansas City Chiefs hat. I mean, what is this all about? I, I was going to ask you about those <laughs> dastardly Chiefs who are kind of, you know, I mean, they're non-factors this season. They're too. They're too. Oh, I mean, they're too. They're too interested in dating pop stars and whatnot. I mean, they're they're too. They're too distracted, right? This is all bad. Oh, they ain't distracted. <laughs> I hate the freaking Chiefs. But, uh, come on, now, yeah, I'm a Bills fan. I'm a Bills fan. So you know, you guys broke my heart a couple of times. Um, but congratulations on all your success, and congratulations on the big win on Saturday. Oh, a lot to discuss there. Um, First of all, considering how the first three fights went in the UFC, did you feel like you were fighting for your career? Did you feel like you were fighting for your job? Yes. Yeah. Yep. And how are you, how are you dealing with that? Were you nervous? Were you anxious? I had nothing to lose, man. I was like, I need to come out of my shell um, and show them what I'm about. And uh, I felt that I did. Um, I've My last three fights... I felt like um, I just wasn't myself. Um, I've had moments in fights, but like uh, I just had to get back to my roots and what got me there. I think once I got to UFC, I was 
trying to do too much and change my style and try different things and not staying true to myself. And um, this fight, I was like, I'm just going to get back to my roots and uh, walk him down and put some hands on him. Okay. So what what was going wrong in the first two rounds? Because it seemed like you were en route to potentially another loss. I didn't think I was losing. To be okay. honest with you. All right. like, uh, round one, I, it was a clo- it was close, but I thought I was winning those exchanges. Uh, a lot of punches, like he was hitting, like on my bicep and forearms. Like, I mean, only a few right hands were getting in, and a couple of knees. But um, I didn't, I didn't, I think I landed more punches than he did um, in round one. Round two, I said it probably give that to him because in the first minute, well, the first like. Three seconds, he hit me with that uh, that right hand on my eye, and I couldn't see. So I was freaking out. I wasn't rocked. I just couldn't see in my eye. And so he, you know, punched on me for about a minute, and then the tide started turning. I got pissed off, and um, started the tide started to turn in round two, and then I knew I had him broke. When did you got after him? When when did you suffer that cut? Uh, two weeks before. Uh, so. Yeah, two weeks ago, before the fight, so it was fresh. And then I cut my cheek open too. I had, uh, had a big old cut right here, and then I cut over my eye. So the most important time of my camp, I couldn't really have much contact. Uh, were you worried that you'd get pulled from the fight once uh, you got to yes, Abu Dhabi? How did you How did you yes, hide I these was. cuts? I didn't hide them. I got there and said, "This is what I got. Please tell me I can still fight." <laughs> And um, they took pictures of it, looked at me, and um, they're like, you're good to go. Wow. So. I mean, at one point, it was just like dangling. There was like a piece of skin dangling there. Yeah. Uh, I think it was my glue, actually. Oh, was it? glue on it. Okay. All right. All right. All right. It looked like my skin. Go ahead. <laughs> okay. That makes more sense. Uh, still pretty gnarly. And uh, I-, I saw the, the post-fight press conference afterwards. Obviously, you 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 missed weight, and you said it was because you had a staph infection, and you were still on antibiotics and whatnot. Um, how difficult was it to try to even get down to the weight that you weighed in at? Super difficult. Um, I believe that I could do it. There's no excuses. I'm going to take that on the chin. I take full responsibility for that. There's no excuses to miss weight. Um, I truly believe that I could do it, and um, it was really really hard on me. Um, yeah really backed up but um we got through it you know what i'm saying like the fight was still on uh thank thank you for taking the fight that was my biggest concern because it wasn't just like a pound or whatever Mm -hmm. half pound it was three and a half pounds so i apologize to everybody um but yeah i was on 10 days of antibiotics i took uh i took my last dose wednesday night um and um it was still in my like starting cut i started my weight cut on um thursday so it was giving me all type of stomach problems i couldn't stop throwing up and dry heaving and stomach pains it was i had um the the nutritionist i had the medical staff in there they've taken my vitals um and they're like your vitals are like not good i was like well let's i was like if i kept pushing that i probably wouldn't have been able to make it to the fight um so we're like, let's just hope and pray that he takes the fight, and he did. So, uh, where was the staph infection? Uh, on my arm. Okay, and yeah. how is it now? 
It's good now. So, like, literally, so I got it on, so I flew out on Sunday. So that's eight days before the fight. I got it on Monday, Monday, the week before I flew out, and um, got on the antibiotics Tuesday, and then they gave me 10-day supply, so that put me to Wednesday Okay. on it. So Wednesday, I was cleared all the way but like that was the last week of my my last push, and I couldn't have contact with anybody. I didn't want to give nobody stuff. I didn't want to spread it around the gym, so I just had to do bag work and cardio on the machine on the treadmill, yeah, at my house. So it was a lot of adversity just to get to the fight. So the last three weeks with the cuts and the stat, like no excuses still, but like um, I just had to pretty much work out on my own mainly and like you know do bag work and and stuff like that and make the best of it did it mess with your mind like did you think like man there's just way too many things working against me here yeah but i just had to keep on going it it, it was tough you know it was tough but um if i would have said no and let's reschedule the fight they would have cut me yeah let's just be honest they would have on oh and three in the ufc and um trying to tell them to reschedule it or push it to the next card they would have canned me right then and there Right. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I had no option there. Did the UFC know about the staff? Uh, I don't um, think they knew. But when I got there, I told them. Okay. When I got to the, I got there, I told them. I made everybody whoever I came in contact with. I told them, and they're like, no, "You're on antibiotics." They're like, "Yeah." After the first, I think it was two or three days, it's not contagious anymore. After you're on antibiotics, so they're like, "You're good to go." Okay. So. Um, and so now, now back to the fight, third round, you start, you know, really getting in his head. It seemed like it's almost like you completely threw him off with the barking and, and just like the energy that you brought. Yes. It was <laughs> Have you ever done that in a fight before? I've never barked, but like, if you know me in the gym, like I pretty much every time I'm drilling, sparring, I'm the loudest one in the room. I'm always making noises when I'm punching and stuff. And then like, you know, my, my friends, they were with me, my best friends, and my coach was like, when you're training and you're drilling, you're doing pads, like, you're just, like, so loud and making all these noises. I'm screaming. They're like, but when you fight, you're dead silent. They're like, you need to start barking at this kid. You need to start making noise. And um, every the whole time I was down there, there between every round, I kept getting reminded, you know, audible saints, let's get after this kid, let's be a dog. And I don't know, just hearing that over and over and over again, I just started barking at him. So like, I don't know where it came from. It just I just started doing it. Could you tell that it was breaking him, that it was throwing him off? I, I could feel him breaking in two. Wow. Literally, he had that, like, the first minute of two. Um, there was, like, I said about a minute and 30 seconds because I went back and rewatched it. And then um, he hit me in the eye right out the gate of two. And then uh, I couldn't see. I kept touching my eye. And like, it was just like, I think he partially poked me in the eye too, kind of with his thumb. And like, I was just like, lost my vision for a second. I kind of panicked. And then like, once I knew I was okay, I got mad. You can go back and watch. I started yelling at him and barking at him, mm. you know, by the end of round two. And I could see him starting to wilt and back up. And I could just, I just, feel the present like in round one he he was fighting me for that cage presence you know this is you know we're fighting each other for the center of the ring and um but round two he started to back up and starting to break i could feel it and then it just i just kept elevating up and um when we got to round three i got up off the stool going into round three he was still sitting down and that's all i needed to know to go get him 
you know, saying I was a shark. I smelled blood. I was going to get him. What What did it feel like when you knocked him out? Oh, it felt so good. Uh-huh. It felt so good. Like, like it took like I just couldn't believe it. I was just like, because I mean, I've been I've been dealt a a, a tough hand in the UFC right out the gate. You know, the guys that I fought are no joke. And no favorable matchups. And um, I'm just glad that I got my hand raised on this one. Anybody that knows me knows that what I'm capable of. I haven't showed the world or the UFC what I'm actually capable of. But if you see round three, that's what I do every day in the gym. Like, I just I just haven't got comfortable on the big stage yet. Mm-hmm. It's just like all the nerves, overthinking. And um, if you're thinking in the cage, it's a bad deal. You know what I'm saying? So like you haven't, you just got to go off instincts. And um, I felt like I started to uh, find that to ended like midway to the three, and I started having fun. And I found I found his timing. I found my range, and it was a wrap. Was that the last fight on your deal? Yes, it was. Are you getting a new deal? I haven't heard anything. My management is working on that right now, but I have not heard anything yet. Okay. Are you confident after that one that you'll get a new deal? Yeah, I don't see why not. I mean, I'm an entertainer, man. Like, why wouldn't you want that? I, if you, yeah, Did you see the, the whole card that night? I had that place rocking. I was, I made that, I, I mean, I put my hand up and they were going crazy because I was just all action. Mm-hmm. So I mean, if if you didn't like if they didn't, if they didn't like that and don't want to resign me, I don't know I don't know what else to do. You know what I'm saying? Um, it is what it is. Uh, you, and you have a full time job, right? In construction. Yeah. Wow. Yes. And what exactly electrical, do you do? Uh, residential electrical and in um, uh, solar panels, uh, residential and commercial. Were you back so, at work on Monday? Not yet, uh, but I'm get, uh, probably go over the work probably tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> so, what is that like? Like ahead. you just fought in front of like you know a sold out crowd in Abu Dhabi, you get this knockout, and then you have to go back to like the real world. Is that is that tough for you? Yeah, it, it is tough because I would love to do this full time. Um, you know, I'm I literally luckily I have a job that kind of helps me with my schedule. Uh, when I'm not in camp, I just train once a day. You know what I'm saying? But when I'm in camp, they adjust they adjust it for me to where I, I can show up late to work. I go train for two hours and then go go back to work for four hours and then get off of work, uh, eat and then go back to the gym and train for two hours and then go back home. Like it's uh, it's really tough, and especially the days that like I get personal sessions too. So it's kind of like a three day, but it's just like more detailed work and trying to make that all work. Um, it's really hard, but that's just what I got to do because I still have to pay my bills and feed my family. Um, yeah, a lot of these guys do it full time because they have the money to do it. But um, you know, I got to provide for my family. I can't just uh, put that all on them. Do you think you're close to getting to that point, or or not quite there yet? Um, I mean, that first UFC contract, you know, it's yeah. it's not money, but I'm not complaining about it. I just got to go earn it you know and that's what i went out there and did i went out there to earn it it was nice and hopefully i can get a new deal and a bigger contract so i can get to train full time and um you know continue to be an entertainer if it didn't work out on saturday would you have continued fighting would you have gone 
you know, to the regionals or try to go to a different promotion? Yeah, um, I would continue fighting. Um, I mean, uh, it, it, it would have, it would have been heartbreak. It would be heartbreaking, you know, not getting re-signed. But, um, but uh, man, you only live once. Yeah, and I continue chasing my dreams. You know, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I don't think I'd ever forgive myself if I give up on it. You know, and so like if they didn't re-sign me, and I had to go to another organization. Then it is what it is. You know, but I'm not gonna quit fighting. How long ago did you weigh 300 pounds? Uh, before I got into MMA, that's how actually I lost all the weight. Um, man, I say after I got out of high school, I say I was probably like 22, 23. Uh, I say like 20, yeah, I was 20 years old. That's right before I started. I think I was like 19, 19, 20. Yeah, I got to 275 is my highest. Wow. And uh, yeah, my girl was all like, you got to change something, you know, because uh, I wasn't that big when I met her. But, you know, when you fall in love and you're just happy and you're just having a good time, just eating and drinking. And a year later goes by and you're up 150 pounds. And uh, I hated working out. I hated lifting weights. Um, but my uncle was training at a martial arts studio that had MMA after hours. And um he told me to go check it out because I'm always like I was kind of into the fighting and stuff, but I thought I knew how to fight, but I had no idea how to fight. And um, I really liked it. I got uh, really good workouts out of it, and just started losing weight. And then I think like almost two years in, I lost 100 pounds. And they're like, "You want to fight?" Wow. I was like, "Sure." And uh, I was, you know, just kept on going. And here I am. I never would have. You would ask me back then that this is what I'd be doing for a living. I, I would have laughed. What but, did you uh, think you would be doing? Probably in the restaurant business. Most of my family members uh, own restaurants or run other people's restaurants. I love cooking. Okay. Um, what's the What's the toughest yeah. thing to let go of? Like when you're two seventy five and you're trying to lose an extreme amount of weight. What was the hardest thing for you to to stop indulging in? Uh. At that time, uh, soda. I that was soda was the main thing. Okay. Yeah, I, I would drink like two two liters, three three two liters a day. I was just drinking like water. Wow. Okay. And then, so once you cut that, after a year or so, did you get like from two seventy five to what? Like, uh, so that'd be one. And now you're one fifty five, right? So now, yep. now, what do you walk around at? Uh, I walk around about eighty, one eighty. Okay. All right, not too bad. Okay. So like how it started is in the my I got to about two hundred, two ten, and then the the guy was all my coach at the time was all like, Hey, get to one eighty five and we'll get you your first fight. I got to one eighty five, he was like, No, get to one seventy. And I was uh, like, Really? And then he told me one fifty five. And then when I got there, he was like, No, we can get you to one I was like, Nope, then I'm not fighting that. Uh, you know. So yeah, he just kept getting me to drop a little more brackets, setting little goals, and uh, yeah. Uh, and I know you were training at Glory. Um, how how difficult yep. was that for you once uh, you know everything happened last year? And, and where are you now? Man, uh, it was really difficult. Um, I am at Marathon MMA with Trey Ogden. Okay. 
Yes. Um, but yeah, it was a very difficult time when all that stuff happened. I kind of got blindsided. I had no idea. I was, uh, I wasn't, I think I was like on like vacation and then like, wasn't, haven't been in the gym for two or three weeks and then all that stuff kind of happened. And then, um, kind of just left hanging. I didn't, you know, I didn't, no one kind of, I had to find out from the news, Wow. you know? Yeah. Um, but, um, you know, I, I found a home at Trey's gym at Marathon MMA, and it's uh, been one of the best decisions I've ever made. Um, yeah, I'm better everywhere now. Um, my biggest thing was um, my conditioning, and um, that place has definitely fixed it. And um, I've learned so much there. Trey's done an amazing thing. Uh, it's doing amazing with that place, and it's taught me so much. He's such a great martial artist, coach, friend. Uh, I look up to him, great mentor. So I'm so grateful to have him in my corner. Well, uh, congrats on the win. Uh, good luck in getting Thanks. that new deal. Uh, hope it works out for you. And uh, yeah, incredible stuff. And looking forward to the next one. And I'm assuming maybe uh, in the next one, you'll implement a little more barking and whatnot since it. Oh, know, yeah. Gave, <laughs> let that be your thing. It gave you such great success. Let that be your thing, right? Yeah. Love it. I love it. All the best to you. Thanks for coming on. All right. Thank you. Thanks for having me. All right. There he is, Mike Breeden with the uh, big win. Money Mike, they call him. Big win on Saturday. Uh, One of uh, GC's new favorites. So we had to have him on. And uh, hopefully, I would think after that win, it wasn't just a win. It was a knockout win. And then, you know, the barking and all that, it was quite memorable. Well, I would think that they would re-sign him. Uh, seems like a no-brainer. Let's see what they do. All right, we did the uh, the read. I don't have any other reads, right? I could get right into it. Let's get to uh, everyone's favorite segment of the week. It is time. It's time for a good old-fashioned Q and A, MMA fans. Here. So many messages about Charles. Ladies and like gentlemen, four days ago, the moment has arrived to hear from the man moderator himself, Frank back through the Frank lens. From the box How are the questions today, Frank? City, pretty good. I haven't had a chance. It's been a real busy day. Now. Yeah, you can't happy. Any hot tags? Couple hot tags. Wait. Yes, it is I. Thank you very much to Mike Heck for that. And let's not waste any time. Let's get right into it. Luke Beaumont, or Beaumont, I should say is up first. Hi, Ariel. After the breaking news concerning UFC 295, I think this just confirms Stipe isn't interested in being an active heavyweight. Eight months is long enough. He could have stayed on the card, won the belt, and fought Jones when he was healed up. I just see Stipe as someone interested in fighting Jones at this point. That's fine, given where he's at in his career, but he shouldn't be allowed to fight for the title, as we know he's not sticking around to defend against anyone else. Dana's signing up for another GSP at middleweight if he gives Stipe a title shot. We all know he doesn't like that. I also doubt... Jones will want to fight the interim champ over Stipe when he returns. So I would guess Jones and Stipe fight each other in another retirement fight. I agree with the first part of the statement. I, I Yeah, okay, fine. I, I get what you're saying. Um, after which the belt is dropped in the interim title because the official title. How do you think this will play out? Uh, love from the Netherlands. Thank you, Luke. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, L-U-C. Listen, I don't know about you guys, and I'd love to get uh, GC's take on this, Rick's take on it, anyone's take. I I don't feel like Jones and CP at this point has any juice to it whatsoever. I I really don't. Um, It's been so long since Stipe fought. 
I get it means something to Jones, and I and I understand the historical value. But if Aspinall steamrolls Pavlovich or vice versa, to me the more interesting fight is Jones versus like we we can't make this heavyweight title the legacy title. If Jones really wants to fight Stipe, then even more reason to make this the vacant title fight. If Stipe really wants to fight Jones, even more reason. But you can't hold up the division and you can't tell two young bulls, youngish bulls like Sergey and Tom, hey, you got to wait until these guys have their legacy fight. And so, yeah, maybe this goes down as one of those great what-if fights that was booked and never came to fruition. Lord knows there's been a few of them. But you can't tell me that come July of next year at the earliest, maybe even later, who knows how this thing heals up. He hasn't had the surgery yet. That John Jones versus Stipe for the undisputed heavyweight title makes any sense whatsoever when you'll have an interim champion and it'll have been over a year since John's last fight, only fight at heavyweight, and what, three or so years? Three, over three years since Stipe's last fight. You know, everyone's scoffing at Francis being, you know, the real champ and all this stuff. Like, what do you say now? You know what I mean? Um, so I get what this man is saying, and this is all the more reason as to why the fight on November 10th or 11th, I should say, should be for the undisputed title. It should be for the vacant title. And then if Jones and Sipe want to fight each other, let them fight in a non-title fight. To be honest, Jones and Sipe don't even need a title. It's that kind of legacy fight. Do you really need a heavyweight title attached to that fight? Jones just wants to fight Stipe because of who he is in the heavyweight division and vice versa. Stipe wants to fight John because of who he is in the history of the sport. Let the division play out with the belt. Let them fight. And then the winner, if they want, because remember, there was some rumors that they were both going to retire come November 11th. Don't have the belt attached to that. You don't need the belt. Some fights don't need belts attached to it. That's one of them. Let Tom, let Sergey, let everyone else at heavyweight realize their dreams as well. I believe Rick is there. Rick, agree or disagree? Disagree from the pers- only agree with most of it. Let me let me start with that. Agree with most of it. Disagree from the perspective that like if I'm John Jones, why would I want to fight Stipe Miocic without a title on the line? That doesn't do anything. Like he needs to he needs to have a heavyweight championship legacy to build. That's what the whole point of this thing of going up to heavyweight was for. So okay, let's start here. Let's start here. Should do you agree with? Do you agree with the decision to make Aspinall Pavlovich for the interim title, or do you agree with me that it should be for the vacant title? It depends on the conversation that was had with John Jones. If John Jones is saying, I'm going to be back and I'm going to defend this title, then I agree that they should have made it interim, and that's but he, the correct but, call. But Dana said eight months. If it's eight months, it's eight months. As long as John is telling me I'm coming back to defend this title. But it can't be forever. Eight call. months, it's going to be over a year since his last fight. Francis sat on the sideline for a year with no hopes of defending the title. Like, he, that's just... They could have stripped him. They were the ones holding out hope have. that he was coming back. Uh, he didn't if, hold up the belt. Are you asking me, should the UFC strip John Jones? The answer is no. John Jones should hold on to that belt as long as he possibly can, and they should have it on John Jones as long as they possibly can. If John Jones is going to defend it. Now, if John Jones says, hey, I really don't have interest in coming back and defending this belt, then make it for the the real title but if john jones is giving you the indication that he'll be back then yes this is the correct move what if it's john jones is giving you the indication that he'll be back but he wants to defend the title against stipe when he's back fine by me if i'm the ufc that's what they wanted to do in the first place but you're making an interim title fight now you're making an interim title fight and the interim champ is just going to sit interim there interim title fight was just no, has always been number one contendership it's not a real belt 
But then you're going to have those guys sitting there for, I mean, it could end up being till early 2025 by the time they get back in there. Right. Because, like, why would you accept the fight at that point if you hold the interim title? You essentially have your golden ticket to get a title fight. They can put on interim title fights in the meantime if they need to. And those guys would be happy to fight John Jones on the back end of it if John Jones is still there and able to fight. Like, that's the reality is John Jones is the kingmaker in this whole equation. Right. But like why would they take an additional Stipe? interim title fight and not just wait it out until John Jones, which could potentially be early 2025? Why would who do that? Why would who, whoever wins uh, the Sergei interim or, title? Yes. It might not. Maybe they'll just sit and wait for the winner of Stipe and John. And that means that person may not fight for the entire calendar year. And their reward is fighting John Jones, <laughs> assuming that he wins. And that I will assume that he wins. Wins and sticks around. Wins and sticks around because yeah. it was all this yeah. stuff. It just, we, it's just, it's too much. It's too this much is limbo. the sport. We're, we're, we're seeing it with Michael Chandler right now. Sometimes you have to take the risk and wait. If you want the big prize, if you want the opportunity, if you want the Conor McGregor, if you want the John Jones... This is the this is the gambit. The difference this is, is the game that you have. The difference to play. is Michael Chandler has uh, five or six fights recently under his belt where he was making close to a million dollars. Tom Sergey aren't making that money. They need to fight. Uh, they they have to fight. He's also not waiting for a title shot. He's waiting for a fight with Conor McGregor. A B. Yeah, that, that's the that's the that's the payday. That's the prize. Sure. This, no. This prize is John Jones. I just don't understand. Make it for the undisputed the, belt. The heavyweight championship is not the prize here. Of course. John, a fight with John Jones is the prize. So interim, not interim, it does not matter. What they are angling for is to win this fight and then fight John Jones. I just think it makes things so much cleaner. If you make this for the indisputed title, John Jones comes back. If he wants to fight Stipe because you don't need the title, as you just said, the prize is John Jones. Do John versus Stipe, have these guys fight, and if John or Stipe wins that fight and wants to fight for the belt, then let them have the first crack at the belt. But if... If all they care about is each other and not Sergey and Tom, let the division play out and let those guys, you know, rack up the pay-per-view points. Why? I don't hate that, but if I'm John Jones, am I saying, right. oh, yeah, good, let them fight for the nah, battle. Nah, nah. I'm not, will- I'm, I'm not willingly way. giving it up if I'm John Jones. Right. Just and, like, and yeah, John, I'm not saying never that. I'm saying, I'm saying the UFC should have done that. I'm not saying, of course what, John what should hold on Where to does it. that put John Jones in, in the UFC's book if they do that to him? John, we're taking your belt and we're yeah. going to have them fight for it. When you come back, nah, we, you know, if you come back and want to fight those guys, great. If you don't, see you later. If you come back and want to fight those guys, you'll be treated as a champion. You'll get pay-per-view points just like Yuri Prochaska is getting pay-per-view points, as I learned today. Uh, you'll be treated as a champion and uh, and you'll get the first crack at the belt. But we got to keep this thing rolling along. It's the exact same thing they told us as to why they they stripped you know, uh, Yuri and why Me, they— go ahead. You know, but those guys are not John yeah, Jones. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm concerned that's... about my relationship with John Jones more than I'm concerned about whether Sergey or Tom gets the real belt or an interim belt. If you I'm are the correct. UFC. You are correct, Rick. No, they 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 they've done this to other people. I mean, they stripped they stripped Conor McGregor. They're not John. They stripped Conor McGregor of the featherweight title after he just won the lightweight title, and he said he was going to try to defend both, and he was pissed off about that. Like that's the point. He was pissed off about that. I know, but they've done it, and everyone's good. And and, and, and Connor loves the UFC now. He he bigs them up every chance he gets. These it, are these are the last fights of John Jones's career. I'm not pissing him off at the end. I I want these fights out of John Jones. 
I'll just say this: this isn't going to play out the way they think it's going to play out. Something well, that gonna, I it's that not I could buy. It's going to be a I mess. I could buy that this plan that this plan goes to complete shit, and yes. none of this plays out. I mean, you got to sit with one eye open That's, as a UFC fan. I mean, it feels yeah. like every other this ain't playing out. Up, and it's just like, what is going on? Until until John Jones gives me any indication that it's not happening, I'm keeping him as my champion. It's just more valuable for me to have him. And also it's more valuable for me to have him as the carrot to dangle for Tom and for Sergey. Okay, Here so then let me ask the you John this. Jones From prize. the UFC's perspective, what's the bigger fight? The winner mm -hmm. of Sergey versus Tom versus John or John returning versus Stipe? I would think... Especially if they have a dominant performance, if if one if Sergey or Tom go out there and finish the other, I would imagine that that becomes a bigger fight. I just think the the juice is squeezed out of Stipe. He's been out for too long. It really just became a thing where John Jones looked at his resume and said, "This is the guy that I need to be to to you know provide my heavyweight legacy," and it looks good on a poster. But if Tom Aspinall or Sergey Pavlovich roll into MSG and absolutely obliterate one or the other. I would think that the demand for that becomes massive. And, and then the highlight that reels that, that they have to sell the fight. fight. Like the highlight yeah. reels that Aspinall and Pavlovich have, just first-round finish after first-round finish, and they're just this new breed of heavyweight that is coming to take out John Jones. Like you could really sell that. Yes, 100%. I think Stipe, I think Stipe would get boxed out. Yes, that's what I feel. So and and, and I feel for Stipe. Name, Stipe is two weeks away from arguably the biggest payday of his career, headlining MSG against John. This sucks. This really sucks. I feel yes. for him. I understand why. Uh, and again, I want to hear this from him. I want to hear it out of the host, horse's mouth. Why he's not fighting on this card. Uh, if you're that close, there's a part of me and, and you're at the tail end of your career, just take the fight, take the payday, and then deal with the ramifications. But I, I want to hear it from him one day. Uh, hopefully yeah. he talks about it. But I just feel like the way this crazy sport moves, you know, have an interim champion and who knows when John's going to... I feel like there's a scenario where he gets boxed out here and uh, the bigger fight ends up being, especially it's Tom, who has a big fan base and a growing fan base. It ends up being, if he wins, Tom versus John. I, I feel like that ends up being the bigger fight. And inevitably what's going to happen, right? Like you're not going to hear... John Jones is ducking Steve Bamiocic, right? Nobody's going to say that right now, even though John pulled out of this fight. Even oh, though, God. like, Char you'll hear Char like Charles Oliveira doesn't want to fight Islam Makachev. He gave himself a cut. You'll hear stupid shit like that. You'll just hear that. But you won't hear that about uh, John ducking Stipe. But what you will hear is if Tom or uh, Sergey have a really impressive performance, one or the other, you will definitely hear that John Jones doesn't want that smoke. And how does that affect John Jones? If John Jones starts hearing that and says, you know what, maybe it is time for me to come back and teach them a lesson. Now you've got a massive fight. Now you've got an absolutely humongous fight. You've got them as interim champ. You got him as champ. It'll all work. If, if it plays out that way, it will all work. And Stipe gets boxed out, unfortunately. Yeah. That's just the reality of it. That is unfortunate, but that is, that is the reality of it. I said from the beginning, they should have done Aspinall versus Pavlovich on this card, number one contender. I feel for Tom. I understand why he's taking the fight, but golly, I, 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 I'm, I'm, we went through a long stretch of these short notice fights not happening, and now it's back to back. Just like I, I maintain, Islam may beat Volkanovski with a full camp. I, I believe in my heart of hearts until I die that it doesn't happen like that. I want to see the best fight the best at their best. I don't... I know it's exciting for everyone, and I know it's a jolt, and it's like, hey, this is what makes MMA and the UFC in particular so great. I get it. It's fun. It's rock'em, sock'em robots. But I want to see Aspinall at his best. I want to see a full training camp. I want to see Pavlovich at his best. I want to see Volk at his, at his best. And so it's exciting, but it's a little bit 
bittersweet as well. Uh, I want to see these guys with full training camps and, and not say what if, well, what about this? And what if he had a training camp? And what if he was in better shape? And this guy was in shape and this guy did have the training camp. Remember Pavlovich, as as Tom said as well, was training to be the backup fighter. Not great. Obviously, it's a fun situation and I can't wait to see how it plays out. It's the fight that I wanted to see all along. And I believe the winner of this fight should fight John Jones. Um, and I and I, and I wonder, and, and also, can I just say, it's a little bit sad. If this is the way Stipe's career ends, a little bit sad, right? If he gets boxed down, then it just says like to hell with it. And it almost feels quite fitting for his personality for him to just walk away and say to hell with it. That's kind of crappy too. The most decorated heavyweight yeah, he, champion of all time. He deserves better than that. But yeah, I mean, this is one of those scenarios. And I think it's becoming more true than ever, right? Like, you know how Dana White has always said, like the, we give you an opportunity and if you pass on yeah. it, but like just all this stuff, it seems more true than ever that they are willing to move on if you don't take the first available option. If you're if you're not saying yes to everything, the train moves on. Um, and that would be a very unfortunate way for Stipe's career to end because he deserves better than that. And th- this fight felt like the better than that, right? This f- fight felt like, Stipe, win or lose this fight against John Jones, this would be a perfect capper to the career, right? Mm-hmm. Here it is. He got the big opportunity, MSG, heavyweight title. It's either it's either sink or swim, and then we move on. But now it's dicey. So yeah, I, I'm I'm extremely curious to see what he has to say. He's the one who I'm most curious about in this scenario. Yeah. Uh, fascinating times. Fascinating times in the sport. Okay, let's uh, move along. Peter, what's the crack, Ariel? What's the crack, Peter? Kamar Usman, just put on a great performance, but with two losses to Leon, he isn't getting that shot. What would you say about a gatekeeper matchup with him and Bobby Knuckles? Thanks for the show. Appreciate you opening up about anxiety. Well, if Colby Covington beats Leon in December, everything changes. Kind of don't mind Kamaru taking just fun fights. Uh, Robert is a former welterweight having tremendous success at uh, 185. I wouldn't hate it. I certainly wouldn't hate it. Um, obviously the, uh, loss to DDP puts Robert a little bit back in that line, in that queue at 185. So yeah, I don't hate it at all. Would be fun. Two former 170 pounders, two former champions going toe to toe. The more I talk about it, the more I like it. Uh, and honestly, I, I want to see more of Kamaru, uh, especially with the success that he had on, on Saturday. Like I'm not ready to write him off. That was great stuff. Boy. Hello, Ariel and crew. Considering how important fighter safety is, isn't it crazy that so many people thought Johnny Walker should have gotten five minutes to recover? Even when someone gets hit incredibly hard, they might still want to continue after five minutes. But should they? If they are concussed, they should take months off. Getting back in there straight away seems like a bad idea. Another question regarding the same fight, would Walker have grounds to make an appeal? And if so, what are the odds of the decision being turned into a DQ? Much love, boy, from Brighton. Um... Shout out to Brighton. Great, great football club. Uh, back into the question. Yeah, that's probably a question that I, I could have and should have asked him. Uh, it's a little bit funky with those international commissions. UFC very much in charge. Uh, but, I mean, it's very rare that these things get overturned. Ultimately, I don't think he really cares if it's a DQ or no contest. I think he cares if he gets his show and win. And then I think he cares if they run it back. Um, so let's see what the UFC does. Do they pay him? Do they make it right, as Dana White said? Do they run it back, or is he now the number one contender? 
Uh, I think he would want all those scenarios much more than it being overturned and he doesn't get, you know, the the win and all that. I, I, I always find it funny in those situations that even get 50% of the win, something, that, that money was being allocated to one of the two guys. It wasn't his fault. Would anyone be upset? Would anyone think it's the wrong call if the guy who got blasted in his face gets his win? I don't think so. Um, first part of the question, considering how important fighter safety is, isn't it crazy that so many people thought Jeff? I mean, if he's saying he's not injured, then you want to see them fight it out. I mean, guys are getting punched in the head throughout the fight. They're getting kneed in the head and they come back and fight. Like, then you could say every time someone gets blasted, the fight should just be stopped. So, yes, I understand the sentiment, but if he's saying he was good to go and knew exactly where he was, then, I mean, it's cage fighting. Let them fight. Uh, Chris Kingsland. Uh, Hi, Ariel. If you're Max Holloway, are you making more noise right about now? I feel like this is Holloway's big chance to become champ again. Uh, here's the thing about Max Holloway. You don't need to make noise. And also, if you have a great manager, which he does, Tim Simpson, you're making that noise behind the scenes. There are some people who need Twitter to rally around them or feel like, but really business is being done behind closed doors. You don't need to. So who knows what they're doing behind closed doors? Let's not just look at Twitter or Instagram to make quote unquote noise. That's fun for you and I, but uh, I'm sure they're having conversations and, uh, you know, I'm sure they're they're doing their due diligence campaigning whichever way they want this to go. Um, he also writes, the MMA Hour award show slowly looming. Could we add in a reward? Uh, I would love post-fight one-liners. Oliveira, wow! He, what? Read it carefully. Oh, my God. I wish I read these before. What are the chances Chris writes this? I would love post-fight one-liners. Oliveira, the champion has a name. His name is Charles Oliveira. Charles Oliveira. You knew this was coming, Frank. Was this like an yeah. you, you just saw me barreling right into this, right? It was, it was quite God. fun. Yeah, maybe we need that now so I can forever remember this moment. Uh, ben P. Hello, Ariel and crew. I have a question regarding UFC 300. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> he says, just kidding. <laughs> that was good. Oh, my God. I'm actually happy now that I didn't read these before. Why do you think Nate Diaz is so against fighting Jake Paul in MMA? Is he really that bothered by the PFL brand? I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he likes the UFC. He's a UFC lifer. I, I, you know what? Can I just say something? Can Jake Paul and Nate Diaz go their separate ways? Talk about a feud that has no juice left to it. Can they go their separate ways? Agree or disagree, gents? GC, can, like, there's, why, why are we even doing this? I think we're done. I actually only have interest in MMA. I don't want to see the boxing again. I have interest in nothing. Let's go. I'd, I'd watch MMA. I'd watch MMA. I want to see Nate fight an MMA guy. Let's just move on. Can we just I mean, move yeah, on? there are fights that I want to see Nate fight more than than Jake Paul. But I'm just saying, there's some people I, who I have magic MMA. together. Boxing, none. These two have no magic together. Is that mean? There's nothing. I don't feel Connor and Nate. Give me them ten times. I don't feel anything here. Am I am I wrong for saying that? Is that mean? I don't know. I feel something, I, but I also feel I'm something. with you. I'm only interested in it from the angle that Jake Paul seems to be willing to commit to fight MMA if it's against Nate Diaz, and I don't know if that's true. He doesn't really seem that committed else. to it, to be honest. Well, I mean, MVP, his most valuable promotions, put out the tweet that they have accepted PFL's offer to, okay, to fight MMA fair against Nate Diaz. I wonder if there's so, any world where they just have where they just know Nate Diaz won't fight in PFL. It's possible. And that's why they're saying that's it. my only that's my only interest though. 
the, as far as the like specific pairing, yeah, don't I don't really care at all. But if Jake Paul's gonna fight anybody in MMA, sure. And if yeah, it's on the Nate flip Diaz, side, yeah. sure, that's I'll cool. take it. But that's it. That's the only interest I have is Jake Paul going to MMA. And if Nate Diaz is willing to be his first opponent, great. Let's I'd rather him concern himself it. with something else, someone else. I don't know. I just I just don't feel yeah, it right the, now. There's the heat between the two is really like pretty tough. Like considering the fact that like security teams were yes. brawling and they're doing this, like you would think that there'd be more heat. I really don't care. I really have lost. Compare that to the it. heat between Jake and KSI, right? Yeah, that feels nuclear. There, there's true bad blood yeah. and animosity there. Yeah. Uh, ben continues. I do not understand the loyalty to the UFC after how he was treated on the way out. Instead, he'll push for a rematch in boxing, lose again, and then say I would have beat you in a real fight when he had the chance to do just that. Why do you think this is becoming a trend for MMA fighters? Fight in boxing and complain it isn't a real fight. Is this all down to money? Do they not realize how silly they sound? Okay, well that's a totally different thing. And I said I I, I don't want to hear that anymore. Uh, stop with that. Stop with it. You sign up for a boxing match, fight the boxing match, and then you know take it on the chin, and and that's it. Like this whole thing, I, I don't think Francis is going to say it on Saturday if he loses, but this whole thing, like Dylan did the same thing, I, I would have beat you. Like, no, that's not what you're signing up for. That's like, you know, signing up to play someone in one-on-one -on -one basketball and saying, well, I would have beaten you if this was an arm wrestling competition. Like, that's not what we're doing. We're boxing and we're finding out who's the better boxer. We know, we know that Nate is the better MMA fighter and martial artist. That's not up for debate. But what we're trying to figure out is if the MMA veteran who has been in countless fights in a cage is better than the, you know, relatively fresh, new, novice boxer uh, with less than 10 fights on his resume, pro and amateur. That's what we're trying to figure out here. Um, so we already established, like, we don't need to establish that. So I agree. It's a little bit silly. And uh, yeah, Jake hasn't announced who his opponent is going to be. My inclination is it's not an MMA fighter, but who knows? There's 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 no real, um, no real clues out there just yet. Uh, but it's on December fifteenth, and that is rapidly approaching. Perhaps they announce it this weekend. Frank, you going to the fight in Orlando, the Amanda Serrano fight? I'm not going to be able to make it. Mm. Some fan you are. All right. Oh, you were going, right? Well, I mean, I'm not. I'm not an unabashed. Serrano. That makes sense, yeah. Mm. Uh, gee, hi, Ariel. Love the show. In each division, who is your champion if it was a one 25-minute round rather than five fives? Each division? You want me to go through each division right now? Great cardio doesn't necessarily mean success, but how do how different do you think fights would be? Shout out to Frank's randomizer. Cheers, G from Glasgow. I mean, each division? Um, Maybe just... Um middle thanks frank uh let's start with heavyweight who can go the full 25 minutes i mean i kind of like aspinall's chances i'll go aspinall at at uh, heavy i'll go light heavy bit of a mess of situation um I'll go Alex. I'll go Alex at light heavy. Pereira, that is. At middleweight, I'll go... Pumps at... No, I'm just joking. Uh, I'll go... Paulo? No, I'm just joking. Uh, Whitaker? I feel like Whitaker has good cardio. I mean, is he I mean, 
Is he? S- Strickland's probably the guy, right? Like yeah. literally sure. every single round exactly the same. Fair, 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 fair. Uh, welterweight. I feel like Leon has pretty good cardio. Um, light. I mean, I feel like I feel like the the listeners are just dying right now. They're going to sleep. Let me answering this question. Um, hmm. This this is the equivalent of the <laughs> boxing. This is the equivalent of the boxing real fight thing. Yeah. It's the exact same. Frank, it's like those questions where people fighting. are like, "This is real fighting." Me, it's 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 give just. G is never gonna ask another question again. Give me your top five. I mean, if you could say like, "Give me the one guy," but you want me to go through every weight class right now? I just told you you could do middleweight, and you did it. Good job. Yeah, and I screwed it up. Strickland was the right one. Who who has the best cardio in MMA? Period. Male or female? Who's number one? Marab Davalashvili, no doubt. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, there you go. His style is just not sustainable for literally anybody but him. It's impossible. That's a great one. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I mean, his his uh, his main event fight against Jan, it was just like it, it felt like he could go fifteen more rounds. Dominic Hilwani, do you have any idea when you'll be covering a WWE event again? Uh, I love hearing you talk all things wrestling. Wow, thank you. Uh, Actually, I don't know. So the WWE deal with TNT Sports, who I usually do the wrestling stuff for, that's you know the network formerly known as BT in the UK. It's up this year, and I don't know what's going to happen, uh, as is my deal with them. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, I was at Money in the Bank. I wasn't at SummerSlam. It was the same night as Diaz, Paul. I don't think I'm going to Survivor Series. Maybe Royal Rumble. That would probably be the next one. Not that far away. It's only like three months away. In Tampa at uh, Tropicana Field. So let's earmark that. But really, I mean, who knows where they'll be and who knows where I'll be. But let's let's say probably Royal Rumble. Mean Tangerine. And I enjoy it as well, especially the, uh, the sit-downs, the aerial meets. I've enjoyed those immensely over the last couple of uh, years. Anyone watch Real Sports last night? Dan Hurley piece? Anyone check that out? I didn't. GC, big CBB guy? Yeah, big Connecticut guy, too. I, uh, I'll watch it this weekend. Mm-hmm. Came out late, man. 10 o'clock. That's past my bedtime. Rick? Real sports? He was a little busy. I was out of commission yesterday, yeah. you know? I mean, oh, yeah. Just yeah, watch. I mean, so sorry, just, Ariel. Rick's yeah. a trooper for being here. No, I know. I was just watching. Uh, you know, real I sports. mean, 10 o'clock, man. Brian Gumbles. We got to fast forward through a bunch just to get to you. 29 years. Emmys, you know? There I am, sitting. I mean, hobnobbing with like a broadcasting legend, royalty. Yeah, man, we got plenty of time to watch. Rising tides. Yeah. If this is the same reaction on Monday, then then we kind of have a you know an issue. Meaning, if you guys haven't watched by Monday. Yeah, then it's like, oh man, you guys really don't care, huh? Twelve minute. It's like a twelve minute story. I mean, it came out real late last night. Yeah. You know, obviously breaking news overnight. Had to make adjustments <laughs> on the fly. I mean, you knew that was coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, mean Tangerine. Hey, Ariel, what are the chances we see a plethora of announcement this week from Dana White solely just to spite and take focus off of Fury and Gano? I mean, I don't think he planned this one. Uh, I certainly don't think he planned this one, but uh, it kind of worked, right? Uh, the Jones thing. I, I, I don't think it's something that they were hoping for. But I don't think so. I mean, the fight is happening at this point, like three days away, and then they'll move on with their lives. I, I, I don't foresee something. And maybe a, a nice little Friday announcement, but what are they going to announce? 
uh, Volk isn't ready to return, and that was supposed to be the main event for like what is big enough to? T- I guess Connor. Connor would be big enough, but let's see. I don't think I'm not hearing anything, but I've been proven wrong. Well, actually, I'm not usually proven wrong, so I can't really say <laughs> that. Time? But <laughs> just come down to one answer. <laughs> uh, Connor, this is from Connor with an O. Uh, Ariel, double N. Could this happen and be a good product? UFC transitions to a team-based format like NFL, MLB, NBA. I already want to sleep. With fighters forming teams of, oh my God, four in the same weight class. Seasons consist of six. Oh, what is this? The PFL? You're explaining the PFL right here. Six monthly fights, top tier fighters, second string. Two, it's not, this is fighting, all right? I don't want all these gimmicks. It's not the NFL. It's not Major League Baseball. It's not seasons and standings and all this stuff. It works for the PFL. But no, I don't want that. I want this guy fighting this guy to advance his career to get to this title. That's it. That's all I want. Teams have salary caps and GMs, drafts, and free agency. No, the, look up something called the International Fight League back in the day. It was sort of like this, and it was a failure. So I'm not trying to be mean, but no, none of this, please. Oh, he's even saying team. Oh, wow. London, NYC, Vegas teams. No, 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 please. Connor. Should we get a pit as well? Maybe uh, put this circled by a pit. Oh, my God. What a disaster. What, like the Yama pit? You know it. God. Do you remember at the very end of PFL, they tried to do like a, I think it was called the, what was it called? They, 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 the IFL, did I say IFL or PFL? IFL back in the day fought in a ring, which was fine. Never really loved the ring, to be honest, for MMA. I know Pride had the ring, but, you know, with wrestling and all that, it just made it a little clunky. And the cage has become just so synonymous with MMA cage fighting. Um, but then at the very end, they never actually fought in this structure. It was either an eight sided or six sided ring, a la TNA Impact Wrestling. They introduced this. Do you remember this, Rick? I think it was an eight-sided ring, and they were calling it something. And then let me see if I can get the name. IFL. This is even before Rick was uh, on the program. This is like 2007. Eight. Yeah, even I even I don't have a recollection of what the hell Oh, yeah, this about. is good. I No, IFL eight. I mean, 2007. What grade were you in, GC? Uh, third. Oof. For real? No. Oh. No. No, seriously, what grade were you? Seventh. <laughs> yeah, it's just that easy. You can just correlate the, the year with uh, with what grade I was in. If, uh, oh, IFL. I wrote uh, if. It, I, oh, here it is. Yeah, this is the picture. Wow, look at that. Oh, it was called the Hex. Six-sided ring, sorry. Yes, the Hex, they called it. It, it, it actually Kind of a cool name. Yeah, it was not bad. It was going to allow for strategic benefits. All right. Um, oh, here it is. From Sports Illustrated. May 9th, 2008. You were in second grade, GC? Eighth grade. No, I think he said... You said he course. You know yeah, I said third, so then I got to 2008 and I went back to second. <laughs> Eighth grade. The International Fight League on Thursday announced the creation of a new hexagon-shaped ring that will be used in all of the promotion's future fights, starting with an August 15th event at the IZOD Center in New Jersey. The ring was made for the IFL in conjunction with Throwdown Industries and will feature a six-sided ring with five ropes enclosing the surface. Never happened. Crazy. Uh, We move along. Jason, 
Mr. Magnificent Mysterious Frank. Wow. I actually thought this question was for you. Oh, no, this is for you. Do you follow Formula One and the recent dominance by Red Bull Racing? I'm patiently waiting for Ariel to interview Sir Lewis Hamilton in studio, perhaps, Jason from Atlanta. So Jason is asking if you follow Formula One. Are you a big F1 I guy? I don't. My brother's huge into it. That's my, the furthest I've gone. Mm. I, I, I'm only a uh, Daniel Ricciardo fan. Yeah, Lewis Hamilton, that feels like a big get. That's a big get. In studio, yeah. huh? Wow. <laughs> I mean, he's just going to drive should the we, car in here? Should we do that on the same episode as LeBron in studio? Or should we do that after the Pat Mahomes in studio uh, yeah. appearance? Um, my brother loves F1. My brother's been watching F1 for, like since the early 90s. Um, we, you know, Montreal's a big F1 town. And uh, every June, they come to Montreal. They come to the uh, Gilles Villeneuve track. Of course, the uh, the famous Gilles Villeneuve, father of the great, what was the son's name? Anyone? Anyone? Mario Andretti? Jacques Villeneuve, mm. uh, former Indy 500 winner who uh, then transitioned to F1, never quite uh, you know, had the same success in, in F1. Anyway, my brother's been watching for a long time, but never never got into the cars. Not even a car guy now. Like, I couldn't really care less about cars, to be honest. People get into, like, you know, Tyson's talking about the G-Wagon and all that. I don't even know what that is. What is a G-Wagon? Is a G-Wagon, uh, I'm assuming it's, like, some sort of truck? I couldn't even care less. It's not my thing. It's a, it's, it's a luxury Mercedes-Benz truck, yeah. But there you go. Are you a big car guy, Rick? I used to be when I was a kid. I was like a Motor Trend subscriber and really into cars. Now, not as much. Uh, casual F1 Gear? fan, like probably on the level that you're at. Yeah, definitely loved watching Top Gear, but never like I was not a gearhead by any means. But I definitely kept more track of cars when I, I feel was like younger. not knowing what a G wagon is. That's that's really not knowing cars at all. Yeah, I know nothing. Well, G wagon is very like if you know rap music and yeah, any, I've heard like, it. Basketball, but, you you'll yeah, know. What I've it heard. Is well. I I won't lie. I've heard people say it, but like, could I? If you if you brought five luxury cars in front of me, can I tell you which is the G wagon? No, Mercedes, kind of no. boxy, yeah, super it's boxy. Like the, the truck, but yeah. I mean, if you don't know, you don't know. Yeah. No, it's not a truck. Like it's like oh. when you guys say truck, do you it's, guys it's mean a, like SUV? It's a, four, it's a yeah, uh, no, it's, yeah, yes, yeah. it's a utility vehicle. Yeah, utility vehicle, SUV. I prefer a truck. Sport, I think, sport utility truck. I think vehicle. truck. I think like pickup truck. Yeah, well, you got a weird definition of truck. Do um, I? I feel like it's in the name, isn't it? Utility vehicle too. I feel like it's both in the names. Are like you? Are you? By the way, are you quoting uh, Sprinter by Central C when you say SUV like that? SUV. No. No. <laughs> SUV. Do you know that song? No. No. You, sc- no. you guys still don't know that song? Five hundred meters. SUV. SOS. Somebody rescue me. You don't know that? That's all my kids listen to. Central C. Do you know who Central C is? No, 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 no. Central C. You don't know who Central C is? (laughs) Frank, please tell me you know Central C. Yep. You don't know Central C? This is your kid this is your kid's favorite artist? He's like the biggest thing in UK rap. He just had a, a single come out with Drake. She don't listen to UK rap. I know Central C from from uh i think he was one of the chicken shop dates and i've definitely seen him around on he's TikTok gigantic as well. he's gigantic yeah. um she don't listen to uk I, rap you don't know that i know of him more than i know him uh, you know what i mean by the way you heard central c in manchester 
They were playing yeah, a ton I, of Central C uh, GC you, at the Wayans. Didn't you name check Central C like in the Yeah, the Wayans show. Because he's the freaking man. Yeah. yeah. Wow. You guys are making fun of me for not knowing what a G-Wagon is. You don't know maybe the biggest rap star in the game right now. Mm. C, by the way, is C-E-E. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found him on Google. All right. Uh, Hut, Ariel, watching Nathaniel Wood lose the fight at 294 against Muhammad Naimov was one of the most infuriating conclusions to a fight I can remember. Naimov blatantly cheated at least five times, numerous low blows, fence grabs at crucial times, fingers holding inside the gloves of Wood. Referee didn't take a single point, although he did talk to Naimov on at least three occasions. When is enough enough? Do you think Wood has a legitimate grounds for asking for this decision to be overturned? Love the show. Love the watch party, all caps. Thanks, guys. Uh, tough. Again, like I said previously, it's always very hard to get these fights overturned. But I agree. And I also agree that, you know, it should just be a warning. Everyone knows what you can and can't do. Now, there are some things you could tell maybe in the flow. Oh, they did this. They did that. Fine. But everyone knows. You hit someone below the belt, that's a point. I'm sorry. You hit someone in the eye with the finger, that's a point. I'm sorry. There has to be, look, in 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 uh in in football, I'm sure that 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 cornerback didn't mean to bump that wide receiver in the end zone on a 65-yard Hail Mary. But guess what? It's still a pass interference, and you got to live with the ramifications. You can't – I hear some people saying like, oh, no, no, no. In a three-round fight, you can't take a point away. It's just – well, what about in the freaking Super Bowl when you're the Eagles and you get called for pass interference, and now all of a sudden they're about to score a touchdown on you? Like, no, there has to be ramifications. There has to be a punishment. Uh, MMA, maybe more so than any other sport, is the best sport to cheat in. Because you grab the fence, take down, you stop the takedown, change the trajectory of the fight, you poke a guy in the eye, you hit him below the belt, you knee him while he's down, and everyone's like, oh, you know, cheer up, buttercup, dust yourself off, keep on fighting. It's ridiculous. So yes, I think it should be warning in the, in the locker room, and if you do something illegal... If there's an infraction of any kind, just like if you grab someone's face mask, it's 15 yards. Just like when you swat a, a, a ball that's going in, it's a goal, 10, two points. You get penalized. Sorry. If you don't like it, don't do it. Right, Frank? Well said. Thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate everyone who sent in questions. Great job, Frank. Really good stuff. Yeah, I really liked uh, picking these out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, still positive over there? Yeah. On the subsect? No, because I really like the, the positive. It is very positive. Yeah. yeah. It's nice. It's not like that Reddit place that you like to visit. Even more positive on Reddit. Wow, really? Reddit's yeah. very positive? Yeah, it, it, you know, it really is. They don't, they don't um, tolerate too much bullshit. I like that. Is that your favorite one? Probably. It's the, I used to hate it. And then now I can't un. You can't get it. enough. Yeah. Do you think you'll sign up for uh, Alistair Overeem's app about the phone? No. Hmm. I don't have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> I am very curious to see how this uh, this app you know works, how it pans out. I'm very curious. I look forward. I look forward to it very much. Um, all right. So them's the questions. Usually around this time, I throw it over to GC for some picks, but. Uh, you're telling me there's no parlay, but there is picks, yes? 
I mean, I just have two picks. Okay, what do we got? What do we got? One, one in each, uh, in each fight. We'll start with the Amanda Serrano fight. Uh, yeah, a lot of controversy surrounding her last fight when we were in Dallas. You know, will it go over? Will it go under? There was there was promises made, uh, promises not delivered, as we mm. remember in the. Oh uh, yes, I remember that. this. In, in Senor Bean, the debate of Senor Bean, uh, people were calling it Bean Gate. Uh, you know, Mike Heck and and Rick talked talked me into playing the the under. You know, unfortunately, it did not hit there. Didn't you I'm change actually, your pick actually on on uh, on their request, or at least they convince you to, or am I crazy? Not just change the pick, cashed out a winning bet, uh. placed a placed a losing bet. But what are we going to do? We're going to go right back to the well. Oh yeah. Uh, this time we are going to take fight does not go to a decision, but here's why: Amanda Serrano, forty five wins, thirty coming by way of knockout, but for the first time ever, she will be fighting in a twelve round, three minute round championship bout so what we saw in dallas was 20 minutes this one on saturday could go as long as 36 i think i don't think danilo ramos is going to be a huge threat to her she has next to no knockout power only one knockout uh in her career amanda serrano is is as tough as they come i i don't think she's going to be put out and i think that additional minute with each round is just going to give her more time to work she's obviously got power she can break her down uh and i don't think ramos is going to be able to last uh, the full 36, the full 12 rounds here. Uh, so at this price, essentially even odds, uh, I like it to not go to a decision. Now, the Tyson Fury and Ganu fight, I, I thought about not even making a graphic for this just because I have actually had a bet placed since July 11th uh, on this one. The line is, has been cooked to, uh, to no end. I threw it in our group chat when I was placing the bets. Uh, I knew it was going to move. Uh, but I am very, very heavily exposed on the man who came on the show earlier today, Tyson Fury. Uh, I took him at minus 400. I put six units down on it. have been sitting on that now for three and a half months. Um, so hopefully it pays off. I honestly forgot even placing the bet. Um, so it's like the money never even came. So it'll be like a special gift if it does hit. But I feel very confident. I love love Francis Ngannou. I think he's very skilled as a mixed martial artist. But uh, he's going up against the best there is in the heavyweight division. He's fought the guys like Deontay Wilder. I, I think it is very likely that Tyson Fury is is getting his hand raised on Saturday. It's crazy. The pick was crazy or something else? <laughs> the lack of support for Francis. Uh, I mean, it's been going. I'm back supporting and forth Francis, back here. but it's yeah, I mean, they, 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 Frank Frank saying he's taking Francis by decision plus five thousand. He says lock of the wow. <laughs> <laughs> by the way, it's not bad. I mean, a little ten dollars sprinkle on that. I take right. that. Sure, I'm not going to fault anyone oh, for he's that. Been he's he's got massive knockout powers. I just want to. What about Overeem? Overeem was so convinced. Dare I say convincing? Overeem might be the first person that I've seen openly pick Francis. Anyone else Man. picking Francis other than Frank? It's Frank and Overeem. I think Joe's down for it, right? Well, okay. Yeah, but you guys are doing it from like a sprinkling standpoint. He oh, I'm sorry. actually are we supposed to no, he... change the mortgage. No, and... no, no. Overeem actually thinks that he's going to win, which I appreciate. I don't know if does is anyone else picking uh, Francis? I'm sure, I... there's going to be people out there that pick him. I just hasn't haven't seen any like luminaries, any fight people. It's, it's I mean, it's a tall task, man. It's a tall task. You know, I was he's on going a to boxing to fight one of the best boxers on planet Earth. Hundred percent. I was on a show yesterday called Inside Boxing Live. I'm a big fan of this program, hosted by the great Dan Canobio and Chris Algieri, my favorite boxing podcast. And we were talking about this fight, of course, and. Uh, Algeri 
reference something that the great Teddy Atlas told him recently, which is people who typically don't fight in boxing shoes and then transition over to that. And of course, Francis has been training for a while now, sometimes have trouble um, just sort of getting comfortable in the shoes. It's just a whole different ball game. And he equated it to having the right type of, you know, missiles, but not having the right type of missile launcher. And if you don't have the right type of missile launcher, the missiles are going to fall flat. And so what he was saying was, Francis could have all the power in the world, but if he doesn't know how to actually unleash that power in a boxing ring, it's going to fall flat. I can't wait to see how this plays out. I know there are some people who think that Tyson is going to carry Francis. Um, I think Francis has nothing to lose. I think, I think everyone thinks he's going to get clowned and outclassed. And so, laissez le bon temps rouler and just let it flow. Let it go. Just, just go. Now, very easy said than done. Tyson Fury, best heavyweight on the planet, uh, and isn't just like a brute brawler, is a tremendous boxer, which is incredible for a man his size 270 pounds. He could dance out there, and he can make you look very, very foolish. And so, yes, the speed is a, is a concern. The precision is a concern. The, the volume is a concern. But hey, crazier things have happened. I can't wait to see. Yeah, it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be a great theater. Yeah. It's going to be great theater. And then we move on with our lives, and then we uh, we look forward to Francis's return to MMA with the PFL. Even Tyson talking about the PFL, it's like, wow, this is big for the PFL. Like, just being associated with Francis with this fight, I'm assuming, you know, the uh, the dignitaries will be there from the uh, the PFL. I would say this deal has worked out for them, and we'll see what happens with the uh, the purchase of Bellator, uh, not quite done just yet, but we suspect at this point, barring a, a last-minute catastrophe, that it will get done in uh, November or December. So let's see how it all plays out. All right. I think we're good, right? Is there anything else? I think that about sums it up. That about sums it up. All right, friends. Uh, great show. Uh, we lost some weight. I was sweating a lot. I'm a little bit stinky now, but we got it done, as we usually get it done. It's been a long time since someone bailed, right? Since my, my, my fear is is losing the trust of the audience. I never want to say, hey, we've got a banger of a lineup. Let's pat ourselves on the back. And then someone doesn't show up because that's incredibly embarrassing. So that's why I say, like, come hell or high water, come anything. Like, I, I, I don't care. I don't, I don't care if they're on via, you know, phone. I don't care if it's a walkie-talkie. I don't care if it's me holding the phone to the freaking microphone. I just want to deliver. And so at the end of the day, I think we delivered. You know, this ain't no rinky-dink podcast where you can, you know, tape, take a break, schedule an interview for 2 o'clock, and then the person shows up at 4, and, 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 and no one knows. No, we're live. That's actually one thing that I think is very underrated about this program. Live with MMA fighters, and more often than not, everyone's on time. Pretty remarkable, right? I would say pretty remarkable. They are very dependable. Uh, of course, I'm texting them 49 times before the interview to remind them, but, you know, that's what you got to do. You don't need to worry about that sort of thing. And so today's show is coming on. Thank you very much to everyone who tuned in. Appreciate you all very much. Uh, the great Alistair Overeem, good luck to him. Congrats on an amazing career. 
Thank you very much to Tyson Fury. Good luck to him on Saturday as well. Thank you to Fabiano, the man. Save me. Thank you to Charles Oliveira as well. Much appreciated. Thank you to Mike Breeden. Thank you to Tommy Aspinall. What a great chat that was. Back on Monday, same time and place. Those will be so bad here. Uh, I do want to let you know that today's program is brought to you by our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. UFC 300 is here. DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC, is giving new customers a shot to turn five buccarinos into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any UFC 300 bet. So uh, there's a lot of close fights. Jamal Hill, Alex Pereira is a close one. Um, one that is of interest to me, Kayla Harrison, Holly Holm going the distance. Um, obviously, Zhang Wei Li is a big favorite. The biggest favorite on the card is actually Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. That may not be a surprise to you. Uh, so there's a lot of interesting things on this card. And the place to be for it all is DraftKings Sportsbook. So go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the code THEMMAHOUR. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code DMAR. The crown is yours. Gambling prong call 100Gambler or in West Virginia, visit www.100gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resorts in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. CDKNG.com slash MMA. Dot com, yes. Uh, for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.